Hello, and thank you for tuning in. This is Love What I Love, a podcast where we beg our partner to love something we do, whether it be a movie, TV show, or anything in between. We're your hosts, Andy. And Masha. And this week, we're talking about The Karate Kid. Karate Kid is a 1984 American martial arts coming-of-age drama about a bullied high school student who learns to defend himself from his building's handyman, Mr. Miyagi. So The Karate Kid was written by Robert Mark Kamen, directed by John G. Avildsen, and is starring Ralph Macchio, Pat Morita, Elizabeth Shue, and William Zabka. Oh man, the Zabka! Oh, Billy Zabs. <laughs> uh, made on a uh, pretty modest budget of an $8 million. Whoa. Came in grossing over $100 million. Whoa. Crushed it. Big time success. That's crazy. Yeah, sleeper hit. Ooh. Pretty much spawned the franchise. That's insane. And can I just point out that I I don't know why I didn't know this, but I thought it was called Karate Kid. I didn't realize it was the nah. Karate Kid. <laughs> Listen, there were plenty of karate children running around. Okay. There was one Karate Kid. I know exactly what you mean, meant by that statement. <laughs> and I don't like it. <laughs> uh but anyway let's Um, (laughs) let's move on let's move on it'll come up yeah so all right this one's a lot for me i gotta i gotta drop the (laughs) pre-written statements here because ah this movie is this was a big one for me but i want to say probably the main reason we decided to tackle it is because dropping this week is the new season of cobra kai cobra kai (laughs) yeah cobra kai which is now a netflix show started as a youtube premium i've been to day one on that show fucking seen it a thousand times you watched cobra kai three times so once alone once with your brother and sister-in-law and then once with me that was all just the first season yeah and then i've seen season two twice because i'm a fucking maniac (laughs) and i don't know what's wrong with me i have a disease you even watched this movie near karate gi i no no i didn't (laughs) i'm just kidding and first of all wow The karate gi you're referring to is our Halloween costume. It's from last year. I don't have an actual karate gi. I'm not that. I know. I'm not. I'm not fucking Mac from yeah. Always Sunny here. Learn how to kick. Take one karate class if you're so into karate. You know. I have to commend you on all the research you've done. I know you how much you love Karate Kid, so you really put in the time and the work and the effort to do all the research. So. I commend you for that, and I'm really excited to learn what you learned. Awesome, yeah, because even though as much as I love this movie, there was still some new stuff I got, just kind of diving into the the behind-the-scenes stuff. And a movie like this has such a kind of like legacy in like American movies that there's an infinite amount of behind-the-scenes, oral histories, DVD extras, like commentary. It's it's just like an infinite well, you know what I mean? It's not, this wasn't a... It's well documented, the making of this movie, so there's so much supplementary stuff to dive into. And uh, the series as a whole just is huge. I'm going to do my best not to like dive too much into other movies. I want to try to tackle <laughs> this as a movie right? and not try to as put too solo. much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know inevitably I'm going to bring up some stuff from Cobra Kai because I think it's a fucking fantastic follow-up to this. But I think towards the end we could talk about the sequels, remakes. Beyond the credits. Yeah, just kind of all that stuff. Yeah. So I want to try to keep it a little tight in this. And, you know, I want to try not to just geek out too long and just babble on about, like, this is where they put the camera. Good so, luck. So, yeah, it's going to be hard, but uh, feel free to tell me to shed it. 
But uh, we'll uh, we'll keep this nice, uh, <laughs> brief. No, I'm kidding. I can't keep this brief. <laughs> I have a bell here that I can ring when you're being <laughs> when you're geeking out too much. Yeah, when it's like that, not to move on. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right, so there's tons of luggage to unpack here. But before that, per our usual structure, I gotta know, Masha. Before you met me, and I wouldn't shut the fuck up about Karate Kid. <laughs> What was your relationship to the Karate Kid? Had you seen it? Do you know it? Do you love it? I do know the Karate Kid. And I have to give the credit to Disney Channel because Mm -hmm. I think that is where I was first exposed to the Karate Kid franchise. And Andy knows this very well, but the Karate Kid that I'm most familiar with is the one starring Hilary Swank. So funny. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i i i love that one or i remember loving that one who knows i haven't re i haven't watched in i don't a know very long time i don't know if this will be true by the time this airs but i looked on netflix and right now it's the only one on netflix is the next karate kid with hillary Swank. oh <laughs> <laughs> but i do i do remember watching those movies and i i know mr miyagi but i think because karate one and two were made in the 80s it just didn't appeal to me as much. I think Hillary Swank really, yeah. So I think Hillary Swank really drew me into the franchise. Because it was but, the '90s. Yeah, and also it was a girl. Yeah. So, so I I will say, you know, Mr. Miyagi is probably the biggest takeaway of you know what I knew about the franchise. He's the heart. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, he really is, and it it's crazy to me because you actually enlightened me about that man's career like he's a comedian which yeah. was crazy to see mm-hmm. him speak you know as a normal person yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i don't know that's that's really all my background there had you seen the two and three or you've just seen the first one and the, and then the next karate kid i i think i saw the first one like one time <laughs> i don't okay. know yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it could have been two honestly yeah i don't even know okay <laughs> <laughs> awesome for me uh it was a pretty big staple of the childhood, Ooh. without a doubt. Can't wait. So, if you remember on... Who the hell... What did John Turtletub direct? Oh, While um, You're Sleeping. Yes. On that episode, we were talking about... Uh, he directed that, and I was talking about how he made that movie Three Ninjas. Yes. That was like just like little kids entertainment, whatever. So, that, that was true where I loved Three Ninjas when I was real young. Ages like two to whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it's funny because in that movie, they kind of have like a grandpa who teaches them karate, and he's like imparts wisdom and all that it's right pretty much a miyagi like knockoff but i love that movie movie's very silly it's all them fighting all these adults and doing like karate ki- like flips and kicks and throwing adults all around it's completely just like silly cartoonish violence mm-hmm. and i just thought it was the best because i was five six four five six years old and i think i kind of knew about the karate kid because my two older brothers they were the perfect age for karate kid you know they were i think they were born in like the late 70s so 84 they were just like you know the age i was probably watching three ninjas and i can't recall the very first time seeing karate kid it was definitely a tv situation just like you Mm -hmm. having this movie be rated pg and have nothing really outside of a couple of curse words you have to bleep out made it uh, just a perfect candidate for tv so growing up this was on tv all the time right i remember it a lot on uh whatever the iteration that was abc family like whether it was abc mm-hmm. family fox family free whatever the hell it was yes at any given point in life i feel like it was on there a lot um and i just remember at first 
I probably watched it on TV because one of my brothers were like, oh, we used to love this movie or something. My mom remembered it too because she remembered how crazy my brothers went for it uh, <laughs> growing up. Was there a period of of you or your brothers, you know, wanting to do karate classes because of this movie? I feel like they might have done karate, but again, because of our age difference, I don't really know. Because yeah. by the time I was of thinking age, they were way older than that. Yeah. I always like wanted to do karate, but I never truly like pursued it. I feel like I like brought it up once or twice, but I never like begged my I don't know, it just never happened. Alright. I was just um, wondering. Yeah, yeah. I do remember we had a fake bonsai tree in our house growing up, and that was because after the third movie, my brothers like begged my mom to get a bonsai tree because because in Karate Kid Three, the bonsais are like everywhere. They they they're present in this movie, but in that movie, like they open a bonsai shop. It's all about it's all about bonsai trees. Oh, I thought of a name. I even thought of a name. Check it out, Mr. Miyagi's Little Trees. Simple, direct, catchy. I'm telling you, it doesn't look it now, but this place this place is a goldmine. So we had a fake like bonsai growing up. I didn't even know what the hell it was. I just remember it was a weird fake tree. And one time, mom told me it was like it was after they watched Karate Kid three in the movies. Aww. <laughs> they wanted a bonsai. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So I must have seen. I must have they like been watching it because they were like, oh, we like this movie. Pay, like pay attention. And I remember just initially being real young and just thinking it was like boring compared to what I was watching. Because in my movie, they're doing front flips, back flips, mm. throwing adults off of roofs. Like you know, just complete like cartoon shit. Right. And in this movie, the action's very simple and unspectacular it's 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 kind of like realistic in, in a sense not not necessarily realistic but it's not flashy mm-hmm. by any means so i remember just my initial thought as a kid is being like this is like boring it's mostly talking and then when they fight it's not there's not like in my movie they fight every 10 seconds because it's a bad movie and they didn't write anything <laughs> uh, and then just as i got a little older i just i don't know I, I would it would always on tv and i would just catch moments and it was just one of those movies where it was like i Anytime it was on TV, unless I had to be somewhere, I just watched it from whatever point it was on. Mm-hmm. I was always watching Karate Kid. It was weird. I'd go to Croatia, it'd be on TV over there. Like, oh, I was wow. just, just Karate Kid. I just, like, grew to love it. Like, I was just like, I, this is so much better. Eventually, I haven't even, never even thought of going back to those three ninjas. Like, you know what I mean? So, it was just funny, the kid transition. It was, like, four, five, six, seven years old. I loved that very kiddish cartoon stuff. And then this, even though it's still pretty much a kid's movie, it felt more adult to me because I was becoming like a young teen. Yeah. And that's when it clicked with me. And I guess just because I was getting closer to Daniel's age. Mm. And, you know, like as a kid, you know, I, was, I didn't give a shit about the girl, like the girl's story. You know, I was like, you know, I didn't want to watch a movie where people fell in love. I was five years old. I wanted <laughs> to watch butt kicking, you know? So then as you become a teenager, like that becomes more interesting and all that stuff. You kind of just understand where it's coming from. Yeah. And it's such a, it's like the simplest movie of all time. It's honestly predictable as all hell. Like it's everything on paper that shouldn't be like remarkable but something about all the little puzzle pieces of this movie that come together that just make a fucking beautiful painting to me like bill conti down the music i mean so yeah it's just the ultimate feel good reminding me of child movie childhood movie for me it's funny because it's not really for my generation like i was born six years after this movie came out yeah i was born a year after the last one that had daniel son and you know next karate kid came out but even then, I was four, so I don't even remember when that came out. I just mm-hmm. learned about it later. But I guess because of the older brother factor and just watching it all over and over again, it just felt like a childhood movie to me. It just reminds me of like being a kid. And I think it's, a, I do think it's a really good movie for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know it's not the most overly complicated movie in the world, and I understand if people didn't grow up with it, I'm not gonna like argue people who be like who have faults with it or just think it's not very good. It's not that kind of movie where I'm saying this is a masterpiece that's flawless like you could poke holes in a lot of this stuff 
but the way it all comes together just makes me happy. I love the <laughs> acting, the music, the directing, everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, you do love the music <laughs> because you were dancing a lot. You don't know about my dancing. All right. So, yeah, like I said up top, um, this was directed by John G. Avildsen, who has had a long career in Hollywood, but I would say his main legacy is directing Rocky and directing this. Whoa, Rocky um, and Karate Kid, yeah, same director. Exactly. So it's pretty funny because, you know, they, ha- they have the skeleton of the same same movie uh you know slightly different events happen in each one but same hair yeah uh <laughs> this it, karate kids like kind of like rocky for kids almost you know <laughs> like it's it, the things it touches on aren't quite as adult as rocky but it's they're they're a great pairing catch this thing you can catch grease lightning ready yeah well i'd rather eat it than chase it ain't very mature listen, but I'll, if you say well, so. neither are you very mature now listen get this thing the fighter ain't a farmer come on i Go on and get him! Get him, get him, get him! Fast wash all the car. Then wax. Wax. Wait, why do I have to wash all the car? Remember, dear. No question. Yeah, but I... So yeah, same director, and then Bill Conti is also the same composer. So he's the guy who composed Mm -hmm. the Rocky theme song and all the great music in most of the Rocky movies. I don't know if he did every one of them. Um, Or at least not. Definitely not. Yeah. I didn't look it up. He might have done the recent ones. I was about to say definitely not, but I was like, I don't know that. <laughs> but Conti, he also composed Karate Kid 1, 2, and, and Next Karate Kid. He composed that one also. Okay. So they're just a, a pair made in heaven. Like, I was watching some interviews, and they were like, they were talking about, like, professionally best friends. Like, he's, in Aww. terms of, like, when, like, uh, Bill Conti was talking, he's like, there's no director I get along with better than John, John G. Like, oh. when we work together, it's, we're always on the same page. We just crush it. Like, Friendship. So, and they do, because... I mean, the Rocky music is iconic. You can't even yeah. argue. And uh, Karate Kid music isn't as well known, but I still think that shit just pops. It right. works so good. Yeah. I think I've seen Rocky once. I don't think you've seen Rocky. I've seen Rocky. Adrian! I think you've seen clips of Rocky. Either you've seen <laughs> the end of Rocky, you've seen some of Rocky's sequels, but I guarantee you, you don't know what? how good... I don't think you know how good that movie what? is. But the point is, I can hear that song, and I know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then, yeah, we got Ralph Macchio... We got a uh, first movie by from Elizabeth Shue and William Zabka. I was going to ask how youngies. how much work had these guys done? So Ralph had been doing some stuff before this movie? Some stuff. Um, I don't know if it was his second. Basically, the big thing and the reason he got cast was because of The Outsiders. It was the year before this. Oh. And uh, his, him playing Johnny in that. They kind of just oh, that was rough. that really helped bring him over the edge over the other actors. Like He had a good audition and everything. It's not, yeah. like, it's not like they wrote this for him. But they kind of said that was his main thing. And everyone else was kind of... everyone, All the kids, young people were first movies. Uh, and they all, Shoe? Yeah, That's so crazy. they all were even saying in interviews that like they were a little starstruck only because he had like an he had an agent. Like None of them even had agents. Like They were all just like young kid actors. Wow. So they were like Ralph was a little bit more of a star than, than the rest of them because they have all seen The Outsiders. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's cool. Everyone, everyone was pretty young. I mean, Ralph... I remember the first time I learned... We talk about this constantly with these high school movies. What was it? Save the Last Dance. It was like 30 million years old, 35 years old. Or something yeah. Like 31, <laughs> I think. crazy. But uh, I remember the first time I learned Ralph Macchio was 22 when he made this. <laughs> Blue, my goddamn mind. He is so small. He looks like the youngest person cast yeah. in this high like, school. Like, he looks like he's young. He's, he's actually younger than 16. Yes. Like, he looks like he was a 14-year-old cast at 16, <laughs> and he was 22. Mm. I was like, that's crazy. He was older than, than Billy Zapko, older that's than Elizabeth crazy. Shue. Like, 
Yeah, I remember that just blew my mind. Like, wow. Damn, he's not the Karate Kid. I <laughs> mean, that's great, you know, for the franchise to just be able to reuse him and have him still look yeah. the age. I think that's the one of the... Th- there's a, a bunch of faults, I think, with Karate Kid 3, but one of the hardest ones is just, like, it's 1989. At this point, Ralph Macchio's pushing on 30. Uh-huh. But, like, in the story, it's only been a year in all three <laughs> movies. It's like the first movie, the second movie is that summer, and the third movie is when they get back. Okay. So and it's, but Come he's on, like, guys. and he definitely wasn't practicing his karate in between the movies. I'll <laughs> tell you that much. So he's not looking, he's not looking very kiddish by the third movie. <laughs> but I digress. So, all right, I lied up top. I'm gonna be talking about the sequels oh, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so a little background on the writing that I thought was interesting of this movie. So it was written by this guy Robert Mark Kamen. This was one of his first movies. And he would actually go on to write two and three. So John G. Avildsen directed the first three, and and Robert Mark Robert Mark came and wrote the first three. Uh-huh. So in the in like the trilogy, quote unquote, it was kind of the same creative team behind it. No, um, for I that, love that. Was that? Yeah, yeah, I love that. And then Bill Conti was the only one who went on to do four. The rest of them, man, what a cool people. name, Bill Conti. Yeah, yeah, it's sick. Yo, Bill Conti. Bill Conti's in the house. The comedian uh, Sebastian Maniscalco loves him, and he says that the coolest. He's like <laughs> Bill Conti. Like it's fucking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> he's like, I put. A, he's like, when I'm working out, I listen to little Bill Conti. <laughs> Sorry, digress. So yeah, he would go on to write them, but the origin of this movie kind of came from two places. So, so the head of Paramount Studios, he, I guess this was not uncommon and maybe this practice still happens today i don't know much about the studio side of filmmaking but he optioned a news story for a movie plot i guess you could just do that you could just like pay you know like if you he saw a new basically so he saw a news story in like a local paper about this young kid who moved to a new town was bullied by these local bullies decided to learn karate and end up got himself a black belt and then just stopped getting bullied after that there was no fight or anything like the kids just kind of like saw that he was good at karate and backed off right um and it was just like this little local story and he thought that was cool so he optioned that as like a possible movie idea so i guess you could do that you just buy a story yeah um which is cool uh and then so he was just had this idea and he was giving it around to writers and he gave it to robert mark came and he's like do you can you do anything with this and it was a coincidence because Robert Mark Kamen, he had a very similar story to his life to this other kid where he went to a new town, also got bullied, and then literally just like the karate kid went to a dojo to take what? to learn karate and then just thought that what they were teaching was insane. It was very aggressive. Just a lot, all the stuff that became Cobra Kai. Oh, it man. wasn't necessarily the wordage of strike first, strike hard. Like that was yes. all written to glorify it, but it was just a very aggressive style of martial arts where it was always like take your opponents down. It was always it was about fighting, and you know he didn't know a lot about martial arts, but he knew a little bit and just kind of felt like that didn't feel right. Whoa. So he ended up meeting his own Mister Miyagi, this oh. man, this man from Okinawa who barely spoke English, and he was a student of the guy who invented the style of fighting that they use in this movie that that Miyagi teaches. Wow. And that guy's real name is Miyagi, so that's who oh Miyagi's named God. after. So this guy's teacher's name was Miyagi. That's uh, so cool. I might be saying this wrong. I don't know Japanese that well. Chojun Miyagi, C-H-O-J-U-N. Chojun. Chojun Miyagi. That was uh, the founder of the fighting style. So he learned from that guy's student. Oh. Um, and, that, and then so he, like, that was just his normal life. And then they told him about this other story. And he's like, yeah, I got to fucking, I'll write this. Wow, he is the Karate Kid. Yeah, so that's how he wrote uh, basically the Karate Kid. That's amazing. Straight from there, uh, which was fucking cool. 
I hope his sensei got to see this movie after he wrote it and made it happen. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I didn't see any uh, info on that. I don't know if it was a contract or just an agreement that they wanted to work with John G. Avildsen, like as a studio. They were basically had him like on retainer, like, oh, let's make a movie with him. Mm-hmm. And they just saw the similarities to kind of Rocky and kind of presented it to him. And he was like, oh, I could do this. Apparently, I don't know too much about his career, but I guess he wasn't, he didn't have too many hits after Rocky. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of like in a little bit of a slump. And so when he saw this, he's like, this is my wheelhouse. I can Aww. make this good. And then this kind of brought him back up again. Turn up. And let, let him keep working. But isn't that a crazy story? That is insane. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if stories are just so much better when they are rooted in reality. You know? Yeah, it depends. I mean, you definitely got to change stuff and make it more sensational. Of course. Like, nobody had uh, quite an epic moment like Daniel at the end. You yeah. Know, getting... <laughs> but just, you know, the fact that he had that experience and that there's essentially a crease out there in the world or was yeah. is insane. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> Oh, I need to know more about the guy who plays Crease, but Martin I'm, I'm sure I will at some point. But yeah, was, I mean, can you tell me if he was in movies before this? Uh, Yeah, he was definitely in movies. Um, or have you seen him in anything? I actually haven't. So his other most prominent role that I can think of that I know of is he's in First Blood 2, which is the second Rambo movie. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely saw that, but not in like 15 years. So I don't really remember him. So for me, I only really know him as Crease. Yeah. Which I guess is not great for him as an actor, but for me as a moviegoer, I love it <laughs> because like this motherfucker is like the Darth Vader of Karate Kid. Like, <laughs> you know, like he's I don't want to know him as anything else. Like the same way, like you wouldn't see Darth Vader's costume in a different movie. Right. So it's like like this guy's a costume. Like that he's is Kreese. hilarious. Like, you know what I mean? Like all the way up to his return in Cobra Kai, I'm like, yo, this guy is <laughs> cold-blooded that is so funny and you know there was a commercial i forget what it was for but he was in it i saw it yeah 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 yeah, exactly (laughs) like they wouldn't even let him sell credit cards or whatever (laughs) without being cruise yeah it's it's, so again like it's not the greatest i guess for the actor i guess we're trying to branch out but at the same time for an actor his age to have this iconic character to be able to come back to like that's also i'm sure people who don't have that you know exactly so you can't complain fully that's cool um yeah and i have facts on facts on facts on facts i don't want to front load this too much so i like what you just did there with your questions so throw (laughs) me questions as you have them but i'm gonna just pepper in as we kind of go through the plot of this that Uh, sounds good yeah yeah. so if you have questions probably got the answers in my big ass document over (laughs) here i have one question right off the bat once we get in let's go in so what I want to know is, is Newark, New Jersey very proud of this movie? <laughs> I didn't look into that. Uh, I don't know. I thought you had all the answers. That's, that's a weird... <laughs> it's, it's like four seconds of this movie takes place in Newark and it's it so probably true. wasn't even shot there. That was probably... Like, they're not going to travel across the country. <laughs> uh, I know, but I was just questioning, like, is there a sign in Newark, New Jersey that's like, Karate Kid came from Newark, New Jersey? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, so I guess, yeah, right off the bat, let's just talk about Machio and his uber-Italian portrayal of oh, Daniel LaRusso. Because wow. this guy is 
Can you say a goomba? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, he's just like he's yeah. bobbity booping throughout this whole movie, and oh, I love yeah. it. He really is. Uh, His mom, not so much. So I'm like, what? His mom seems mad authentic, like Italian mom, like like especially like that single mom, like having a fend for herself type yeah. stuff. She but was, yeah, she was cool. She was a cool mom. Yeah, his mom's mad cool. <laughs> but yeah, so right off the bat, we see them leaving New Jersey in a car, and mm-hmm. they're just driving across the country. We don't see too much of it, but the one thing we see is that the car breaks down, and they have to kind of push it to get it going again, which right off the bat just kind of paints that this family doesn't have a lot of money. Right. You know, they, they would have got that fixed if they could. And leaves me wondering, how does she start the car when she goes to work on her own? Yeah, well, I think it, just, I, I think it doesn't happen every time. It just happens enough. Mm-hmm. where they're like, all right, it's this again. Like, I don't think it's like an every single time situation. Okay. Because it seemed like that. Like, to me, they're they're the kind of broke where if they had to, they would fix it. If it broke down and that car couldn't move, yes. they'd get it fixed because they need that for life. But if it only happens once every eight times... They'll deal with yeah, it. Yeah, you'll deal with it before you drop the money on it. Like, it's yeah. it's, it's different levels of, of being poor. But uh, I remember always thinking this was just kind of funny as a kid, but this was one of the first times I watched it. Thinking if I was an adult watching over a kid, how scary it would be to drive across the country in such an unreliable car. Mm. I just like wouldn't, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be calm at all. Like it right. would scare the living shit out of me. Well, but the excitement of better, like greener pastures on the other side might be a big enough motivator. No, I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. I'm saying with a car that could break down at any moment True. to just travel. Because like, driving across the country takes a long fucking time. Yeah, like, it you're does. Not, it's not a day or two. Like, yeah. I love how the mom hypes up this complex that they're about to move into as, you know, it's going to have this amazing pool that you can go out to whenever yeah, you want. The, the mom's positivity is great throughout the whole movie. <laughs> I'll just put it out there. Like, she's, yeah. she's got it rough. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's so easy to just see parents as parents when you're a kid watching these movies. But when you get older, like, not that we're parents, but, like, I'm just like, dude, like, it's not an easy life. She's got no. this kid. They got no money. Who the fuck knows why they're even packing up across the like i mean they talk about this job right but overall like she's just something bad either they she lost her job they got divorced lost money for some reason they got to just pack up and leave right and at the same time you know daniel's frustrated and pissed and being a little bit bratty but you also see exactly where he's coming from like his whole life was uprooted and he doesn't really understand why and so the mom has to be like outwardly happy on top of all that Mm -hmm. That's yeah. a rough one. But I will say overall, they have a pretty realistic and pretty much positive relationship, I would say. Oh, yeah. I think I think their relationships are really good, real natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can just tell that it's one of those, you know, they've had each other through everything. It's a good, healthy relationship. Totally. And you know who's also positive besides the mom? Who's that? Their freaking friendly neighbor. Oh, the, the, the lady the does. Oh, Freddy Fernandez? Uh, yeah, he's mad friendly. I guess in the beginning. Oh, but before he ditches him? Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, I guess so. I've but always, I've always, uh, I've always had a wanted to see Freddie get a black eye. For really? That. Yeah. I didn't know like he ditched him, ditched him. But I thought that you know, just seeing a new kid and helping him bring stuff upstairs. I no, he is nice really at nice. first. Yeah, and we also hear our first. And probably our only, hiya! <laughs> <laughs> that kind of, I like that too because it, it, it establishes that Daniel's taking some karate at the Y that we learn in a minute. Right. But also his perception of karate is like movie karate. Yes. Where you do things like say hiya and do like big high kicks and exaggerated movements. And we learn, I, I think, I, I don't know too much about martial arts. I watch a lot of martial arts movies, but that's pretty much where my knowledge ends. So yeah. I'm not an expert by any means. But... You know, I think the way this movie is written, it really respects kind of a lot of 
the spiritual teachings of martial arts over the physical teachings of martial arts. And so I find it funny that, or not funny, but it's good kind of laying the seeds of Daniel just being kind of ignorant of the whole thing. Absolutely. And thinking it's a bunch of hayas and kicks and f- fucking people up. As soon as the neighbor asked if he knew karate, he's like, yeah, I took a couple classes. At the I y. Just, Yeah. <laughs> I just knew that that was, like, I was cringing because I knew that that was going to come back to yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I remember forgetting that too, like, as a kid that it's I, I just thought it, like maybe the karate thing was just really random but i do like that it's seated that mm-hmm. it's something he's had a passing interest in but hey you know it was jersey karate you know we did it under a bridge with a guy named sal <laughs> <laughs> he's so jersey and so italian he's like he's so italian that if it was like 40 years before this he'd be like he'd be like hate crimes would be against him you know like uh. like he's the kind of italian that was like racially profiled like olive skinned like you know it's yeah. just so even the way his lines, even the way he delivered his lines too, it's just. I mean, I'm I'm wondering if it was just written that way or if that's something he added. He said he added it in one of the interviews uh, I saw where he he's like he's like it's my voice obviously like I didn't change my voice but I just upped kind of the Italianisms of it a little bit mm. and again which brings it back to Rocky because that's not really how Stallone talks either and Rocky's just fucking Italian is all fuck with everything he says <laughs> so again this is this is this is Rocky for babies and I love it <laughs> but yeah cool mom lets him go to the beach and hang out with his new friend which is pretty cool yeah just more more uh showing this relationship is strong yeah I, I, do you have any I mean I know we, you've brought it up on like so many episodes but you're kind of single parent you and your mom connection like any of that kind of connect with this movie or not really um yeah yeah i mean she's never actually she did i was like she's never like made a made us dramatically move from one place to another but literally i was born in new york and moved to rhode island when i was nine so that's not true at all but uh yeah i i I related to it um for sure because cobra kai is much more fresh in my mind because we didn't watch it too long ago yeah i was just really pumped to see the young versions of everyone you know wow that's so funny so i think that sort of overshadowed (laughs) the appeal of cobra kai is to see the old versions of everyone (laughs) and then to you this is seeing the young versions of cobra kai characters so backwards as opposed to old versions She's played by Randy Heller, and she comes back in Cobra Kai. Yeah. Um, not for a significant role, but enough times where it just kind of, like, builds the world up. Right. So when we were watching in Cobra Kai, you were like, oh, snap, that's the mom. And I was like, I don't feel wow, it. But now yeah. I'm like, oh, it's a young version Yeah, because she's not, she's not in the second one, and she only has one quick little scene in the third one. So mm-hmm. it's really, until Cobra Kai, it was really only this movie where mm-hmm. Mrs. LaRusso gets her due. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, so that's why I was really excited when the beach scene came around because that's the first time we see we see Johnny, yeah, baby well, Johnny. Before that, it's the first time we see Allie. Yes. So Allie's sitting there with her friends and uh, her and Daniel are kind of exchanging glances. Oh, yeah. So cute. Me cute. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you were miserable every time I was like, cute. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> You see Ralph Macho showing off his juggling skills with the soccer ball. Oh, totally. Yeah, he, That's so he's, typical. He's pretty good at it, though. He is. He is. I wonder if he played soccer on his own. Yeah. Probably. 
But that uh, that made me jealous of like California upbringing because that seemed like such a fun day. Like it was just like oh, you're yeah. like 15, 16 years old. You go to the beach. You guys are like swimming, playing beach games, this and that. Then sun goes down. You just grab some sweatshirts out of your whatever. Yeah. And then you know you start grilling dogs. Like one thing that did occur to me, or a random thought that I had during this scene was he met Freddie a few hours ago, and then yeah. all of a sudden he has all these male friends playing soccer on the beach. And that just made me think, wow, like he makes or guys in general seem to make friends way faster. <laughs> yeah, but I think we seem to learn. That, I don't think they made friends. I think Freddie was going to the beach and they play soccer together there. Right. So I think they were going to play anyway. And he was like, hey, I brought my friend. Can you get in the game? So I think uh, it was more like that. And then, you know, like they start bonding over. Hey, that girl's looking at you. You yeah. know, like that's just like typical guy shit, especially when you're young. Okay. So they were all just kind of like, yeah, go for it. So. I think they were feeling, I think the scene was like them feeling them out to be like, are we going to hang out with this guy? Uh, and then, you know, we see as the way the scene ends that they decide we are not going to hang out with this guy. So messed uh, up. Because that's when we get the Cobra Kai's pulling up on their sick motorbikes. <laughs> what are these guys, like 17? Oh, I love the Cobra Kai's. None of the cast knew martial arts coming into this movie. That they, none of them? Yeah, and they kind of purposely wanted that. They didn't want to, ca- like, they, they've just learned from making other movies that sometimes when you cast martial artists as actors, it's hard. It's acting is hard you know like so they, they wanted to get like they knew this movie was gonna be about the performances right. and not necessarily the fighting so they decided to get just actors who are who are physical and athletic people and then teach them how to fight that's actually very interesting because we talked about it in the bring it on movie obviously for the main characters on both of the cheer squads they hired actors but for the background cheerleaders they hired professionals yeah so that's interesting that they went full on actors. I'll say that for most of the cast. Uh, when it comes to the tournament, though, there are karate people mm-hmm. there. That's not all actors. That would mm-hmm. be insane. When when they're having those background fights and you know those quick like Johnny takes someone down, those are generally martial artists and Got things it. like that. Because yeah, that would be way too hard <laughs> to teach that many people martial arts. Yeah. For, if you're not acting in a movie and you're only gonna fight, you might as well totally. just be a stuntman. That must have been so intimidating then for Machio and Zapka to actually do matches with professionals at that yeah. point. But I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but that's yeah. really, that's a fun fact. So yeah, they all had to go through kind of training and Pat Johnson, he's the name of the martial artist who choreographed everything and trained all the art, uh, trained everybody. Go Pat. And he actually plays the uh, referee during the tournament scenes. Turn up. So he's that guy who's always there in the red shirt kind of with cool. the mustache. Uh, and this guy's great. His career is awesome. He was he's worked with everyone from Bruce Lee to Ugh. his son Brandon Lee with Chuck Norris to Jackie Chan. Like he's just been there with everybody. Been in tons of movies. But this was kind of the first time he's ever got to be the guy. He's always worked with the guy, right? But like they hired him. Like we want you to choreograph everything, train everyone. Like like every fighting move in the movie is kind of from him, or at least uh, supervised by him. Cool. Also, whoa, I haven't thought of Chuck Norris in so long. <laughs> I know, right? Remember when those memes were going around? What memes? Like all those great, all those memes like 10 years ago and they were like, you know, God is afraid of nobody except Chuck Norris. Oh, right. Like it was all like, like Chuck Norris, you know, peace, yeah. stand it up because probably some shit like that. Like I yeah. used to have a Chuck Norris poster in my room. Wow. And it was because I grew up watching a lot of Walker, Texas Ranger. That's so funny. <laughs> But anyway, sorry. I brought up how Walker, <laughs> Texas Ranger was always on right before Monday Night Raw for wrestling. Uh, and yeah. I hate because I would always turn it on early and have to watch the end. So I've seen the last like four minutes of so many Texas Rangers. It always ends the same way. Slow motion flying kick. <laughs> Every episode. Every episode he would wind up, jump in the air, and then it would go in slow motion. He'd kick someone and they'd go down. And then like he'd pat a kid's like head and be like, 
All right, no, he won't bother you anymore. Right, and the crew too. <laughs> I love that black guy in that show. Oh man, see, I only saw the end, so I barely, I don't even know if I saw him. <laughs> um, but we that's got a lot cool. To talk about. I know. I'm sorry, about. but Pat. Uh, that's yeah, awesome. so I want to talk a little about him. So because this was his first chance to step out on his own and kind of prove himself as like kind of movie martial arts guy, he took it very seriously. And even the way he trained everyone was kind of unique to the story. So he separated the way he trained people. So, mm-hmm. for example, with the Cobra Kai's, he only trained Martin Cove, who plays Kreese, mm-hmm. separate. Because he was like, I don't want them as his students to ever see him as anything below a black belt. Mm-hmm. I, don't want to, I don't want them to see him struggling. I don't want them to see him flub a move. So all that we're going to do, just me and him behind closed doors until he gets good enough and then the first time they're ever going to see him do anything he doesn't have a lot of moves in the movie per se but even when he like takes that one kid down you know just to like prove a point they wanted it to look perfect so the other he never trained with the cobra kais and then when he trained the cobra kais he trained them like a motherfucker like he basically was like military boot camp with these kids like they fucked up 50 push up like he basically pretended he was crease didn't hit them or anything like that but super tough and it made them like they, they all said they were like they felt like they were like brothers by the time they started filming because <laughs> it was like boot camp every day that's crazy. and then he trained Mashio and pat marita separately from those guys and they were not very physical like those other kids the cobra guys they were all even though they weren't fighters like zapko was a wrestler they all picked people who played sports mm-hmm. were kind of built you know kind of muscular dudes so that way they knew it would be a little easier to train them to kind of do these big heavy moves totally and then they even they cast machio in their words you know like they were like we kind of wanted like a wimp with with like a chip on his shoulder like someone who was because he's very skinny very oh small God, so he's small. like 95 pounds like they were like we wanted just like the small little kid who you would never think could stand up to these other guys so he trained him and miyagi very calmly like kindly words of encouragement kind of did them like miyagi-do style wow. and it, they everyone said like this paid off like gangbusters like by the time they got on set you know, they were all so immersed in, they all knew how to fight at this point, but it was such different styles and combats and, you know. I love that attention to detail. Yeah, I, I just thought that was also fucking awesome. Did you learn anything fun about, I, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the guy who plays Miyagi's real name. Uh, Pat Morita. Pat, about his training in particular? I mean, like, basically it's what I was just saying, where like he was just trained with Daniel's son all the time. Okay. Or, or Mouth Machio. But he say. just... It must be his fantastic acting because he just had so much more like wisdom behind like everything, like even the way he moved and just. Yeah. And a lot of that is based is uh, can be credited to his stunt performer. So this guy, his name is and again, I might be fucking up pronunciations, Fumio Demura. And he's kind of one of the people credited towards bringing the cold karate craze to america in the 70s and 80s because mm. before the 70s and 80s there was no you didn't your kids didn't take karate in the 50s and shit like you know what i mean so he was kind of one of the people who brought it over here whether I, there's a documentary about him it used to be on netflix but it's not there anymore unfortunately so you have to pay for it but it's Ooh. called the real the real miyagi nice. and it's all about this guy's life and it's not the greatest documentary but the content is good so mm. the whether or not the documentary is well made is irrelevant because what you learn is really cool 
So I saw that a few years ago, but unfortunately I couldn't revisit it because it's like $5 to rent and I just, I was already doing enough research. Right. So he was the on-set uh, stunt double for Miyagi. So any fight scenes Miyagi did was always him. And Pam Maria said though, just from being around this guy, he patterns so much of Miyagi and the style just around his philosophy on karate and fighting. So in a lot of, that's why the documentary is called The Real Miyagi. Because mm. he's kind of, even though there was a guy named Miyagi, like this was, this guy was on set. And he probably had the second biggest influence on the fighting style after Pat Johnson, you know, because he was the other big, big name professional on set. Right. In terms of his training, I mean, he didn't really do that much because he only, there's only a couple of times where it's actually him, like to his face to the camera doing stuff. Anytime he has big fight scenes, which aren't even a lot, it's his back to the camera and it's Fumio Demora. Do you know if the Cobra Kai dudes, I know they were training for this, but did they have stunt doubles as well? Did the kids have stunt doubles? For the most part, no. Um, we'll get to it at the Halloween scene. There were some stunt doubles used there, but mm-hmm. uh, no, no. For the most part, it was all they were all doing it for That's real. That's crazy. Um, and they were saying, yeah, like especially uh, Billy Zabka, you know Johnny, like he took to it like crazy. He went out to study martial arts after this just because he enjoyed it so much. That's cool. Which is, I think, probably why in Cobra Kai he does way more fighting than like Ralph Macchio. Mm-hmm. Not just because it makes more sense for his character, but I just think he's just like kept up with training and is just he's just a physical dude like i I need i want to know so much about him he's like he just i i feel like he's almost on the same level of crease where he is he is that guy like he is johnny you know what i mean oh man he talks about how like he only ever got cast as assholes after this because of how like how iconic this role was yeah and he's like the sweetest guy in the world Yo, once I, the, I, I feel like I'm going to forget to say this later because it's not that important, but apparently during the karate tournament scene, they treat they basically filmed it with hidden cameras everywhere because they didn't want to do like take after take. They just kind of wanted mm. to do it in full. Yeah. And so it kind of had the vibe of a real karate tournament. That's awesome. And William Zabka's mom was in the crowd is just to fill it out as part of the extras. And even no one knew when the cameras were rolling and stuff like that. So the crowd was getting really into it. So they were a couple of times after doing a few times where like they would see Billy Zabka and they just start booing and they'd be like, boo, like we hate you. And like at one point, like the mom was like crying and she was like trying to convince everyone like he's a nice boy. That's not who he is. And like like all this shit. (laughs) He's not like that. But yeah, even he said in his interview while he was doing one of his lines, like he like grabbed the casting director and pushed him like as if he was Ralph Macchio. And he was and like right after he did it, he like broke out. He was like, I'm so sorry. That wasn't Billy. That was that was Johnny. I don't even know what happened there. And he walked out and he was like, fuck, you don't ever touch the casting director. And then he got the job. And he That's was like, crazy. Holy shit. Whoa. Risks yeah. taken. Yeah. That's so cool. I don't think there's any of the casting stories are so crazy that like I have to tell them. But I do like I have in- info on every all these people yeah. and just how they got picked and stuff like that. Uh, my note here is young Johnny. OMG. Young Johnny. <laughs> this is Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> like the Johnny you know is old Johnny. Like, but that hair. Oh, I'm hair. so happy that his hair lasted. But yeah. seeing his hair here is crazy. Yeah. I don't know why. Like I've never known anyone in my life, like as a young kid, with like blonde That's hair. Bald, yeah, that is like, like <laughs> platinum blonde or yeah. something. I don't even know what you would call it. It's so crazy. So when he showed up at the beach uh-huh. with this crazy attitude, mad aggressive, I was almost questioning it's was sort of borderline physical abuse like the relationship between him and what's the girl's Allie. name and ally just seemed like it was leaning towards physical abuse yeah yeah you know? i mean he only, the only thing he does is gr- snatch the radio very aggressively he doesn't actually like hit her but I know. it seems like it's he's capable of it right so 
just watching this with the Cobra Kai lens, you know, it was it's interesting to say that to look back and even before Cobra Kai came out, Billy Zapka always talks about how he actually saw Johnny as a character that he could insert a lot of depth to. Mm-hmm. And he kind of thought up his own internal backstory of Johnny and all based out of this one line when you, we first meet him. Do you remember when they pull up on the on the bikes? And his friend's like, hey, Johnny. And he pulls out a beer and he's like, do you want a cold one? And he's like, no way, man. I'm not having that. And he's like, he's like, I'm I'm, I'm going clean this year. I'm going to turn everything around. I got one year to, to go straight. And I'm, I'm this. So Aww. that was in the script. And then Johnny took it as to say, like, he had this whole, like, his whole life he's been getting in trouble, doing the bad things, you know, getting drunk, partying. And then it was getting dumped by Allie, which made him want to kind of be a better person. And even though he has all this, he's flawed as fuck and has all this anger, he does start the very first scene of this movie with the intention of like, I'm not going to be that guy. Mm. But then it's seeing Daniel that that causes that anger. And, you know, obviously, I'm not saying it's right. He shouldn't be snatching radios. It definitely looks like he could be hitting Allie. But I just find it interesting. And there was enough meat there in the performance and in that one line that led to there be able to be a series called Cobra Kai where he is the lead. Totally. Which I think is fucking awesome. That's crazy. So I, I just find that so cool that that, that that little thing is peppered in there because it's not for the rest of the movie. Like, it's never like, you said you were going to do that. It's more, it's just kind of like layered in to make him feel more like a real person. Totally. Because it's so easy, especially in the 80s. Like, Stephen King movies, bullies were just two-dimensional monsters. Mm-hmm. You had a bully show up in your movie, they just were mean, 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 mean. They never looked into why. And I thought with Johnny, there's not a lot, but there's some stuff there where, you know, he's not always the antagonist. Totally. And he he's trying even though he's not mature enough. And we learn that it takes 40 fucking years for him to even get there yeah. to, to be a better person. I just feel like, and I don't know if this is true, I'm just sort of talking out loud, but I just feel like we are in the era currently in TV and movies where we're actually exploring backstories of so-called villains. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in the 80s and 90s, it was just like sort of one-dimensional characters. And now we're just really obsessed with backstories and just establishing both sides of the story. Yeah. Which essentially is the reason why Cobra Kai came about, right? To show Johnny's point of view. Yeah. And we've seen that with so many things. Like, that's why we've seen the success of things like Bates Motel and Mm -hmm. the Hannibal TV show. I haven't watched it, but Netflix just put out Ratchet, which is about Nurse Ratchet from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Like, she's basically just mm-hmm. the villain of that story. And now we have a whole series about her. It has yeah. nothing to do with the other characters. I don't know. It was just a random thought. What yeah, you just said made yeah. me think of that. And I don't think that always works automatically. And I'll even say, like, when Cobra Kai was announced, I was excited, but in a way where I thought it was going to be silly, stupid, and I was going to like it in a half making fun of it, half ironic, half mm-hmm. like, this is nostalgic. And I couldn't believe how well made it was. Right. And it's so I'm not I'm not fully across the board of like everything should be rebooted. Everything should be mm-hmm. brought back this and that. Like, I think it's it's a little bit lazy to just look at the other successes and say, let's do that. Totally. But it's clear with the creators of that show that they are true blue karate kid. Like they love the story and they actually found somewhere to dig deeper with the story presented by yeah and zapka did half the work already where or a lot of the work already just from what you told me and thinking about you know johnny's backstory and i actually thought too while watching it last night there's a whole i wanted to know the backstory of their relationship and what yeah exactly because i just feel like you know we're coming in the same time ralph macchio's character is coming to town so we don't even know the background you know of their relationship well or how that what the dynamic is in that town the way i've always perceived it and i don't care that we're jumping around this is the goddamn karate kid it's an american (laughs) classic it's 
Go watch it. <laughs> so we're going to jump around a little bit. Jump around. Because of the how warm Allie's parents are to Johnny and the way he acts in that dinner scene before he tries to kiss her. Yeah. To me, that seems like that's the front Johnny always puts on. And that's probably the Johnny that Allie met when they first met. Mm. And then over time, she started realizing deep down who he really was, which is kind of an asshole. And then as soon as she realized that, she broke up with him. So I think that's kind of the... When you were saying we don't know too much about their backstory, to me that kind of seeds it in a way where, you know, he probably, you know, puts on the nice suit and says, hey, how do you do, Mrs. Right. Whatever the hell Allie's last name is. <laughs> Schweiber. Is it is Schweiber? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think it is. But I, I'm not going to look it up. Nice. Yeah. So we were meeting all these people on this beach scene and then he's super aggressive towards Allie. And that's when we see Daniel just trying to step in. Yeah. He tries to pick up a radio after he shoves it on the ground and Johnny's like. And. I just imagine, you know, his neighbors in the background to his buddies. It's all right. This kid knows karate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, ooh, he does couple, not. A couple classes at the Y. This is Jersey Y. You know, I, I think they give you brass knuckles when you take those classes. That's why I was cringing the whole time. I was like, no. Imagine he's like, don't worry. He'll fight dirty. He's from Jersey. <laughs> he'll, he'll scratch your eyeballs. Just hype him in up. Hyping him up. Oh, uh, and then yeah and then we get the first ass whooping of many ass whoopings in this movie oh man daniel it's the the beatings are so raw i actually felt throughout this movie and it starts in this scene similar to how i felt with watching the warriors yeah and watching those kids run away and like get beat up and all that stuff it just felt like that same level of raw yeah I don't know. What I my fa- one of my favorite yeah things about this movie is like I said earlier, action is not flashy. Mm-hmm. It is any martial arts movie you could pick is probably more exciting pound for pound action than the action in this. But what I like about it is a it's a little bit more realistic because these are kids learning karate at the beginner level. Right. So it's not they're not they shouldn't be doing backflips and and you know like doing splits and stuff that Jackie Chan does in movies. Mm-hmm. But B, it's one of the only movies where they accurately portray the impact of a hit in my mm. opinion. So many movies people just take punches to the face and the gut and just brush them off. Right. You know what I mean? Like we watch any you know even I love martial arts movies. You watch like but I watch the Raid Redemption or Tony Jaa movies like even if he's not taking punches, the amount of punches people give, you'd break your hand. Like, you just, yep. you have, the human body can't withstand that much beating. Yep. And so you watch Vin Diesel and The Rock fighting Fast and Furious. And I'm like, with The Rock's <laughs> fucking impact alone of his fist at full blast, I don't care how tough you are, it's going to break your nose. It's yeah. going to shatter your face. Just give us a little blood. Come yeah. <laughs> so I'm just saying, I don't want every movie to do that because I enjoy yeah. action movies where people get punched in the face 50 times. But I just think what makes this stand out is like, Daniel gets kicked in the stomach and he's like down mm-hmm. for like 30 seconds. Because yeah. that's what happens when you get the wind kicked out of you. And even just something is getting punched in the face. Like, I don't know. It's just every hit hurts in this movie. And it has to do just with how they sell it, I think. You know, like, totally. like even in this one, like Daniel just comes off like so just beaten at the end yeah. of this. Like, it helps that he's so skinny and scrawny. I know. Like, yeah, oh, really. You can't take that hit. And plus, like, he's just like so like, caught. Because like even, you know... When you watch this scene, Johnny's definitely in the wrong, but first he just pushes Daniel, and that's probably going to be the end of it. And then it's when Daniel sucker punches him in the face. Yeah. That's when he gets pissed and then fucks him up. Yeah. And then so it's like, yeah, Johnny was the aggressor, but like if Daniel wasn't, if he, that's the whole chip on his shoulder. Like we wanted a wimp, but someone who like thought they were 
stronger, tougher than they were. Yep. You know, who didn't feel like a wimp. So yeah. he, he would go for that extra punch and be like, I could do this. Totally. And then he just gets his ass handed to him. Oof. I love the continuity with the black eyes. You oh, know? yeah. In the morning with the mom. Let me see those baby browns. <laughs> So that's cute. Good, that's good momming that scene because you know right away she knows he's hiding something but yeah. she's like trying to like be the cool mom of like oh take off your glasses for me and then I like how but I, this also shows that she can get serious and he yeah. does like respect her as a mom he's not Total. he's never like fuck you mom or like that kind of defiant <laughs> kid yo ma I gotta go to school yeah. I don't even take my glasses off <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I was up all night watching John Travolta on TV <laughs> you know what I mean ma bada boom bada bing gotta go she's like Daniel where did you learn to talk like this hey on the main streets of Jersey. <laughs> Just been talking about the cast. We skipped over when he first moves in and meets the old lady and his Freddy and stuff. That's when he first meets the handyman of the building to tell him the faucet's broken, which is our introduction to the one, the only, Mr. Miyagi. Sensei. What do you think? No one says the word sensei in this movie. Oh, right. <laughs> no, never <laughs> No, they do. Or yes, not, sensei. Not no about, sensei. Yeah, not about Miyagi, though. They say that to Cobra Kai. That's true. That's true. But he is his sensei. Yeah, I don't even know how much there's too much to unpack with Miyagi. Oh. He might be. Yo, I know it's like lame because I watched, I watched so much media as a kid and to be like, these, these fictional characters like help shape me. But like, oh. I'm not even fucking around. I feel like the words of Mr. Miyagi and Mr. Feeney. Oh. Like you mix those two motherfuckers together, and like I feel like I learned so much from those two guys, and I know they're not real people. And a team of writers wrote their shit. Walk on the road. Hmm? Walk right side, safe. Walk left side, safe. Walk middle. Sooner or later, get the squish just like grip. You see, Mr. Matthews, education is not about obscure facts and little test scores. Education is about the overall effect of years of slow absorption, concepts, philosophies, approaches to problem solving. The whole process is so grand and all-encompassing that it really can't be threatened by the occasional late-night no-hitter. That's awesome. I don't know what it is about these characters, but like Miyagi just like... And, you know, that type of character has been around before, just the kind of wise you know, stoic, tough, but, you know, doesn't believe in, in anything other than, you know, peace of spirituality. But, right. like, it was my first time as a kid seeing this portrayal of, of this kind of character. Oh. And just the, the mixture of him seeming to, like, truly understand life, be at peace with everything, but also he can understand fear and he can also brawl when he has to you know what i mean like there's it was just nothing cooler to me as a kid right. than mr miyagi like Aww. he just seemed to understand it all like there was nobody you wanted to emulate more than miyagi that is awesome I don't know. what's your take on on me or at least just this intro of miyagi because we just see him there with his chopsticks we don't even know what the hell he's doing yeah we I find th- out later he's trying to catch flies but at this scene we don't know what he's doing uh you can, you can kind of tell That's there's true. a fly buzzing around He's real from the beginning. You know, he's like, I'll just do it. You know, like he's just very direct. Oh, after. Yeah, exactly. After what? After, after. (laughs) But I don't know. He just seemed like a realistic super. You know what I mean? Just once you get to know him, it's like, oh, dang, there's more to this guy than just, you know, fixing things around the building. So I I like the dynamic between him and Daniel-san, right? From the get-go. Yeah, I think I think it's right there. The, his presence just pops right off the screen right yeah. away. 
So with with Pat Morita when casting this, um, the studio actually didn't want him for the role. Oh come on! Um, they I forget his name, but they tried to get this very famous Japanese actor who was in the Seven Samurai to be in it, mm-hmm. and they brought him in and they liked him. He couldn't speak English, but oh. they figured they would just kind of teach him phonetically and things like that. And he's an amazing actor, and they said he did a really good job, but he was so serious. That it was just like a bummer. Like he was just like, like he was just so kind of, you know, stoic sensei type. And when they suggested Pat Morita, they, because he was only known as a comedic actor, the studio didn't even want to see him. They were like, they were just like, yes, there's comedy in this role, but he's not playing a funny guy. Like we don't need, we don't need a silly over the top comedian here to to go. Cause that's basically, you know, he was a very over the top comedian and he was only mainly known because he was on Happy Days. Right. So he played the cook on Happy Days and uh, named Arnold. Wait a minute, Arnold. The paper said Mitsuma Takahashi is giving the class. I am Mitsuma Takahashi. Is this the face of Arnold? <laughs> Why'd you change your name? What change? I buy a restaurant, had a big sign, Arnold. Sign's very expensive. You know how many letters in Takahashi? <laughs> So he was just a silly guy from the sitcom, you know, it would be like trying to give a dramatic role to like Ken Jong. Like, not that he can't do it, but there's going to be apprehension because yeah. we only know him as the silly, funny guy who gets naked in the hangover and jumps around. That's so interesting, though, because I feel like even though he did, he was known as being a comedian and in Happy Days. I just feel like for the target audience of this movie, you know, like... I don't know how well known he was to teenagers. You know yeah. what I mean? So for me, especially, or like to everyone who's seen the Karate Kid, I feel like he's just Mr. Miyagi. You know yes, what I mean? Yes and no, but we do. F- it's hard to forget how big Happy Days was. Uh, and he wasn't on it for the whole run of the show, but he was on for the first like handful of seasons. Okay. And so I do think he was decently well known as at least the guy, you know, because we only had a couple channels back Got then. It. So. Cool. So, I yeah. clearly I didn't watch Happy Days. Yeah, yeah. And again, it wasn't for our generation. Happy Days was on in the seventies. So mm-hmm. if I wasn't watching Nick at Night, I wouldn't have known that Mr. Mm-hmm. Miyagi was on Happy Days either. But he came in and he said he copied the entire speech pattern off his uncle. That's exactly how his <laughs> uncle talks. Wow. And he said he grew the beard and he just came in and like delivered it. And they were like immediately they were like, "That's the guy." Like he has this. And then they said. They were like the script was decently funny, but because this guy was a comedian, he made it. He made Miyagi so hilarious. Like That's he just awesome. knew comic timing so well, and I, I, th- I think he nailed it. Yeah, totally. The way he's able to just make all the lessons just so you take him seriously, and then he just he surprises you with a joke. You yeah. know, so he's calling the shot. That's what I love about his character is like he has so much control over the tone of a conversation yeah like he's really the director there if he wants to joke he's gonna joke yeah but it's never like you know a banter of sorts Uh uh-huh and when i said this was the first time i've seen this type of character that's definitely a lie because i'm now thinking from the way he's introduced to us and the way he acts especially in the first couple of movies He's very similar to Yoda in Star Wars. Oh, really? Uh, I know you really haven't seen them, but the first time we meet Yoda is in the second movie. And he's basically, Luke goes to look for this powerful Jedi in in this swamp planet, just Mm -hmm. dirty, nasty swamp planet, and meets this little green crazy guy who lives alone, who's ranting and raving, and Yoda's always playing pranks and hitting him with his staff and telling jokes. And then you eventually find out that that's who he's looking for, and that's the powerful Jedi, and the whole thing is... You know, he was looking for this big warrior and didn't yeah. realize that this small little creature was actually the wisest, most strongest thing ever. 
So actually, the way I look, like Miyagi, you know, because he's presented as the handyman. He's not, he, he's, you're not, you don't really take him necessarily that seriously. He tells a couple of jokes. He's just, uh, you know, it, yeah. if if you don't know the movie, everyone knows who Miyagi is, so they know to take him seriously. But yeah. if you truly have never seen this and never heard of it, he might just be like, who's this guy? And then it, it's not until he he shows off his karate and you start learning about him that you're like, oh fuck, this is like. This is a badass right mm-hmm. here. Like this isn't just the old guy who can fix the sink. Yeah, he's a silent, silent yeah, badass. He's very he doesn't I don't care know. about other people knowing yeah. what he can do. I can't that. be the first person to thought of that. I'm sure it's rifle over the internet for Yoda comparisons, but that was the first time it came into my head. I was uh, like, oh shit, he's totally Yoda in that first movie. So what is this Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So there are these wars, but not on planets. <laughs> on stars? In star. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so after Daniel's first ass whooping, he's then trying to learn karate from a book <laughs> so you see i'm kicking <laughs> learning from a book when mr miyagi comes over to uh fix the sink yeah and this is where miyagi first starts seeing that daniel's got some troubles because he's very perceptive mm-hmm. you know like daniel says he hurt his eye falling off the bike and he was like lucky no hurt hand yeah <laughs> awesome. i was like ooh, observant <laughs> and then from there i think we just see that daniel keeps having some more troubles while he's playing soccer the old crew the freddy crew and those guys decide to start fucking with daniel a little bit with johnny oh i didn't realize those were those were the guys who were messing with him i yeah, thought those that, were johnny's friends i don't know if freddy was there but it's, it was a mix it wasn't all the cobra kai guys mm-hmm. i think it was just to keep showing how like nobody liked him in the school basically mm. he gets tripped and then he fucking clocks that dude in the face yeah that was crazy um more just like showing how, how aggressive daniel is even though he's not he's not gonna he's not gonna go down without a fight even if he's in over his head constantly yeah and yeah, and then he's just meeting Allie and ignoring Johnny, basically, trying not to get his ass kicked. Yeah, it's interesting to see how much of this movie is spent of him avoiding Johnny in school. Or like sort of, even though he likes to act tough and will stand up and try and stick out a fight. Yeah. He still is, you could tell he's scared of Johnny. Oh, yeah, super scared. And his crew, which I mean, rightfully so. Ten dudes running after you, like that's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, before that is uh, the first time we see the Cobra Kai dojo uh, mm-hmm. was when Daniel was trying to find a place to learn karate. This was and, funny. Oh, I love this scene when he goes in there to, to try and sign up. And then <laughs> right through, you just see that Johnny's basically like leading the class. Yeah. And, and he's like, oh, man, I can't go here. Zab- Zabka plays it so good, too, where he's he's like bowing and he's all serious. And he looks up and he sees Danny. You just see him smirk a little <laughs> bit. And then the sensei is like. Lawrence, and then he just gets right back to it, and he's like, "I, yeah." Oh, man, uh, but then hilarious. he leaves, and then I love the way this little scene is filmed, where he's talking to his mom in the window. Yes, Did you notice? This? I love that. I wrote it down too. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know th- he's talking about how he hates it. Oh no, actually no, I think he's talking. He's talking about Allie and yeah, yeah. So this actually. He's not. He's not super pissed yet. He's not. But it's. It was so interesting to see the Cobra Kai dudes like see him in the restaurant, yep. and, like sort of plot something and run away. Like it was so. Yeah, interesting it was to timed see so happening. well. Like just from like a from filming because you know those actors they don't know what's going on in the inside. So yeah. They it was it played so natural where they come out they're all just like bullshitting and they say bye to each other. Yeah. They all walk one way and one friend walks the other and you see him see Daniel and stop and he yeah. runs back and grabs them. I think that's what makes this feel real again yeah. because it doesn't seem staged. It seems like something that would actually happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, one thing, actually, what I find interesting just from seeing this movie 10 million times that I definitely noticed the first time mm-hmm. is the way I was talking about the mom's always putting positive spins on bad situations. 
You ever, you notice because they move across the country because she supposedly has a new job and that's why they're moving. Right. And Daniel even tells Freddie, my mom's going to work at some robotics place. Yeah. And then in this scene, we see that she's like a waitress at this restaurant. And so it's never really explained. So I don't know if it's she like kind of made that story to make sell the whole move to Daniel better. And maybe they were running from something that she didn't want to explain to him. SMH. Or maybe she lost the job right away as soon as she got there. Like, I almost like that it's not uncovered. It's just like, mm. but she's still putting that good spin on it to try to make everything easier for her son. Because she knows how hard this is for him. And is not letting her own like sadness, which I assume is there. Totally. Kind of peter out. Uh, also, in the, from that Cobra Kai scene, uh, or when, he, when he first goes in the dojo and we see the big cardboard cutout of Kreese, and then we see his army photo from the Vietnam War, I find it funny that it's like it's his army photo, and then it says, like, U.S. Army Karate Champion. <laughs> and I'm, so, I'm sorry, but of all things in the army to be awarded, that's kind of like the lamest shit. Like, you know, it's like, like you could have like a sharpshooter award, oh, like well. most saved. Like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah. I went to the army during the Vietnam War and I was the best at karate. Like, you know, it just seemed like mad low stakes. Yeah, it's like, it'd be like the fucking car, like the dice champion of the karate yeah. of the army. I thought it was crazy how they went from Seiza to standing up. Like, you know how they sit in, on their knees yeah. and just like bounce up onto their yeah, feet? Yeah, that's pretty what dope. What a crazy technique. Do you happen to know, I've never met anyone or heard of anyone in my life named Kreese. No. Where the hell did that name come from? I have from? no idea. What's his last name? His name is John Kreese. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> All right, cool. But yeah, that restaurant scene, I, I totally had that same question because I was like, I did remember her um him saying or them talking about her having a job with computers yeah some like up-and-coming company yeah but anyway once that scene happened with seeing the cobra kai dudes in the background i wrote down the stress because i knew something was gonna go down and it's so painful to watch when they run him off the road oh god i hated it i guess the scene was popular because the same thing happens in the goonies to josh brolin really uh yeah didn't we watch that movie Oh yeah, we did watch that movie. <laughs> Except they grab his, the, he's on his like sister's tricycle, and they grab it and drive with the car. So what yeah. they do is actually way more dangerous. Oh, totally. But uh, yeah, they he, run Daniel off the road. Daniel had more control in this situation. Yeah, more control. <laughs> and then that's when his mom's Daniel's breaking down, throwing his bike out. I kind of like Machio's kind of freak out here. It's I think it's really, <sighs> it's silly, but it's good. I do, but the ADR is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of ADR is kind of crazy all over this movie. <laughs> it was ridiculous yeah. in the scene when yeah. he's having a fit uh-huh. oh man it's like they wanted to like fit in more exposition so they were like all right now say i hate it here can we go home but i just like it's like weird like i've never heard anyone say like i still like it here i don't know the rules of this place like you know like i was just, i never heard anyone say that before like, <laughs> i don't know the rules of this place <laughs> um and miyagi kind of sees that breakdown and then the next morning is uh he comes home or the next day after school he comes home and sees that miyagi fixed his bike for him yeah and that's that kind of starts their friendship and a discussion over the bonsai tree totally bonsai tree miyagi is such a giver yeah he gives he fixes the bike he gives them bonsai trees he teaches them about bonsai tree it's not even teaches them gives one to the mom the bonsai is like the root of this whole series man like it Uh. goes I want a bonsai. There's not a lot of bonsai in the second one, but the third is rife with it. And then, you know, the Cobra Kai, he gives a bonsai to every time you buy a car, you get a free bonsai. Yeah. And he teaches Robbie how to trim the bonsai just like, <laughs> just like this. Ooh, poor 
origin stories. Yeah, so gotta love the bonsai. And then, yeah, then some time passes. It seems like, I guess, a month and like change because if school started in September. Yeah, and his black eye is healed. Yeah, well, it's and it's Halloween, so that's how you really know oh, time true. has changed. So it cuts to Miyagi saying happy Halloween, and you could tell that he's kind of been spending his free time at Miyagi's, like learning about trees and handyman shit. Yeah. So he doesn't know anything about karate, but he's just there. And it seems like the kind of stuff with Johnny died down a little bit. Yes, he he's see- still hiding from him. Yeah, but it's it's not like I don't think Johnny's like on a war path anymore either. Like I don't he, think he's like I'm gonna fuck this kid up if I see him. You don't have a shower costume if you're not hiding from somebody. Yeah. <laughs> that and he's also crazy. and he's also a little embarrassed to be around Allie because because her friends suck. Her friends suck, and then also. <laughs> From her perspective, she didn't know about the second incident with the bike and everything. She only knows about the that first fight on the beach. Yeah. And so she thinks Daniel's kind of like hiding probably more than he should be. You know, so she kind of like criticizes him a little bit. Like, you can't keep running. You got to face these guys. Like, just because what? He punched you on the beach. Yeah. And then but she doesn't know that they threw him off the thing with a bike and basically she had to murder him. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I think he just feels like, you know, and he's like a teenage boy. So, you know, he wants to be like. You want to be masculine. He doesn't want to come off as like a wimp to the girl he likes. Uh, yeah. So he's hiding there. And then it's not till Miyagi convinces him to go to the, the Halloween dance. Because uh, a bee needs honey. Not, and not, not an, an old, old prune. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote that down. Which is awesome. <laughs> uh, and then he builds him the shower, co- the iconic shower costume. Oh, and he goes, <laughs> he goes in. That costume is awesome. <laughs> it's got to be the most uncomfortable costume of all time. Oh, totally. But How do you even mean... sit down or do anything? Like, how do you even get to like the urinal because there's like a big circle around like how do you know you just lift up the curtains yeah because that's not hard but there's like a, a frame at the top so I, like i think it would go above the stalls but it, but i still think it would hit the wall before you were able to get to the stall close enough there was a big metal ring above him yeah yeah so as long as the ring is higher than the stall you should have no problems because the, the oh, curtains I, yeah i guess i was thinking of a urinal because you had to get up close to the wall for the urinal oh, so I thought, the that, urinal. I thought the ring would bounce off the... i think you have to go at an angle oh this is a tough one <laughs> Anyway, not important. Well, yeah. Anyway, uh, Allie sees them. They have a little cute moment inside. And uh, and then Chicken Man comes throwing eggs at everybody. Yo, I would be so upset. <laughs> Don't... They loved it. He was like, latest guy. He's crazy. <laughs> I love this delivery. To get that out of your hair? Oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah, Daniel's washing up. And then that's when he sees the Cobra Kai come in in the, in the fucking dope skeleton costume. What are these? The Furies? And then, <laughs> and then Johnny's... Rolling a number in there, as the guy says. Rolling a number? Is yeah, that what they say? Yeah, he's like, John, did you finish rolling that number yet? And he's like, not yet, man. Give me a second. And he's like, rolling that number. Wow. I think that's probably the PG writing. I think if they use the word joint. Because I think, like, you could probably argue to the censors that it, maybe it's not weed. I always thought it was weed. Like, uh-huh. But they could be rolling, like, loose tobacco. I could totally see myself not that going over my head. Like, I would have had no idea what he was doing. As really? Kid. Yeah. That's funny. Um, and then here's Daniel fucking... Oh, because Ali talks about, like, you got to face your problems head on. So he takes that to believe, like, I got to go fuck with this guy right mm. now. And he just signs his death wish right yep. here. Oh, I hated the scene as a kid. I always was like, just run faster. Like, when he bumps <laughs> into that guy on the way out, that's, like, the yeah. beginning of the end. And then, yeah, get, they get chased down. And then they just, like, beat the living fuck out of this guy. And I like here because... The Cobra Kai's are pretty two-dimensional. They're kind of just, like, the bad guys. But I like when they pepper in these tiny moments where, like, that one guy wants Johnny to stop. Yes. And it just shows that they're they're still kids. And it goes to Miyagi says later, you know, no such thing as bad student, only bad teacher. Mm-hmm. Teachers say student do. So it kind of shows that 
these kids might not be doing this if it wasn't for what they've been taught by Chris. Yeah. And I like that, like, you know what I mean? It, they could have all been like, get him. But I like that one kid is trying to tell Johnny to stop. And they're like, no, you know what Sensei teaches us. It doesn't make it easier for Johnny being sort of like the second in command and co- at Cobra Kai. Yeah. You know, he's definitely going to be the most influenced by Chris. Yeah. And there's only, and only one guy is the one telling him to stop. The exactly. rest aren't. So it's, just, you know, it's, it's realistic. It's, you know, in this one moment, he's probably just like, whoa, we're yeah. about, we might kill this kid. Like, because yeah. Daniel just looks like he's fucking destroyed. Oh, totally. Um, and it's so, besides the fighting, it's so quiet in this scene, which yeah. again, the, it's so realistic. It's yeah. not like all this like crazy music all you really hear is the sound of the chain link fence every time like he gets hit up against it right but then we get the sweet miyagi scene fucking coming in and whooping ass oh yeah that's the best thing about the first three karate kids everyone (laughs) everyone has one first three he doesn't have an ass whooping scene in the fourth one uh I don't remember him showing up and saving anyone from bullies i'm pretty sure he does okay it's been a while so i'm gonna i'm gonna take the I'm going to step off that one. I'm not going to fight it. All but right. I don't think it happens. But I could be wrong because I haven't mm-hmm. seen it in 10 years. I'm pretty sure you're wrong. But yeah. Sweet <laughs> ass kicking scene. Um, when they filmed this, apparently the kids started to complain because Fumio Demura was actually like fucking them up pretty hard because he wanted to make it look real. Oh. And he's used to pl- like, working with stunt teams and stuff, not like actors. <laughs> Being on these kids. And then uh, it, like they were just getting like hurt and they were just like, oh, this kind of sucks. Oh. And then eventually... Demora went to the director and he was like, if you let me, he's like, they're in costumes. Just let me bring my team in. We'll do it in one shot. And he was like, all right. And then he brought his team in and they dressed as the Cobra Kai. And so this was the one time where they used stunt doubles for the kids. Uh, But in terms of the other scenes, no, they didn't have like lookalike stunt doubles. Cool. And they had an advantage here too with the face paint and all Exactly. So that's why it was kind of, and it was dark. So it's kind of easy to to hide it all. So then. I'm getting beat up. I don't know. Martial arts master fucking oh, you up. Oh, totally. I'm just <laughs> sorry. I'm just flashing back to when you had you were in that play and your knees were getting hurt every time oh, you yeah. did that thing and you like complained about it and, <laughs> to the director. <laughs> oh, I was totally joking, but yeah, that was a uh, not a fun time. So that's hilarious. But yeah, they got their asses whooped, and then so now Daniel wakes up and learns that Miyagi is a karate master. Yeah, which is awesome. <laughs> that was you. Yeah. Like who else? Come on, guys. Yeah, he learned from his father. Yeah. I love how excited Daniel is. Like his energy level is like a thousand percent. Yeah. And Miyagi just constantly remains at like a oh, ten. You know, yeah. like it's just I I think it, it it's fun to have that dynamic where there's such polar opposites. Yeah. That's what that's when we get the line about the no such thing as bad student that I said earlier. Oh yeah. Only bad teacher. So they decide to go see who's teaching them and talk to them about Ooh. that. And then we Ooh. get Daniel and Miyagi going to the Cobra Kai. And this is our first real taste of Crease. We saw a second of him yeah. earlier, but this is where we really get him, and he's just a goddamn monster. I was scared. Yo. He's so good at being scary. I wasn't scared because when Miyagi's around, I don't think I don't think Miyagi could get taken down. You you what? I don't think Miyagi could get taken down in no, the I world of this movie. I don't think so either, but I think he had such a great look on his face that he then realized like how bad the situation is. Yeah. Once he saw Crease oh, and how yeah. he's teaching those kids. Well, yeah, I think this is what makes him want to actually step in because it doesn't seem like he has any interest in teaching anyone karate. Yes. But he's seeing kind of like, I don't want to blame it all on American karate because he's definitely, <laughs> Crease is real bad, like a real bad example. But it's almost, he's kind of seeing that karate is kind of turning into something that like, aggressive people take to make them be able to beat up on people and and just basically the opposite teachings of everything he learned about why you would ever learn martial arts and learn how to fight 
you know, and it's like, again, it's not a complicated movie. Like, it's not, you know exactly what Miyagi's stance is. It's a very just good versus evil kind of Miyagi versus Kreese are like the, like Miyagi never doesn't have the peaceful kind of light side solution and Kreese never doesn't have the aggressive dark side solution. Mm-hmm. They're just polar opposites. So this is the first time you kind of get to see that kind of going against each other. Yeah. Hey, that's awesome. This is probably where it had the most relief in the movie because then it, they come to an agreement that they're not going to bother Daniel-san for until the tournament. Yeah. So I was like, thank God, don't have to. <laughs> it's almost like I feel like halfway through that conversation, Kreese gains a little bit of respect for Miyagi just by like not seeing him back down. or be- mm. like He just sees that Miyagi doesn't have fear in him, right? even though he's so much smaller and older. You know, that it's just, yeah. I, I just feel like by the end, he's like, you know what? Yeah, this will be interesting. Yeah. Let's do this. Can we pause for a second? Because what you just said reminded me how nobody in this movie cares about beating up on an older man oh yeah nobody Nobody, absolutely no one this whole franchise all the way through cobra kai nobody seems to care about physical assault laws no way when he says if he doesn't show it's open season on the kid and you i was like wait wait." (laughs) like i think you can get a restraining order just from that statement alone even (laughs) the previous scene when they were beating on danielson when he rescues him for the first time johnny was like let's get him yeah yo no respect for elders at all I always thought it was weird that Kreese doesn't, you know, and by the way, we've been talking for so long, we're barely scratched. Like, we're so early in the plot. But, uh... I don't think so. We're, we're there. Yeah, that's awesome. Kreese, <laughs> I thought he would... I would think, based on his personality, he would have reprimanded and humiliated his students more. For once not he, beating. One, once he saw Miyagi. Because he, when he goes, like, I heard you jumped five of my students last night. Like, mm. like you know, you, you like to jump kids. You know, I'm surprised he's not, like... This old man is the, you know, like, I, I, I thought there'd be more belittling of Miyagi. Be like, this is who my students lost to. And then, you know. Oh, doesn't that happen in two or three with that crazy guy who's not Kreese? Terry Silver? Yeah. He would have responded kind of. that way. Well, Miyagi finally gets to fight those guys in the third. So he, he actually beats up Kreese and Terry Silver in the third one. I think that's the movie one. I saw. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> that one's so over the top. I love it, but it's not great. It's not great at all. But it's so good. All right. Yeah. Because I would have remembered Crease for sure. Yeah. That one that one has a lot more Crease. The mm-hmm. third one's kind of Crease's like movie almost. Oh. He's well, not the main character, but he's like like oh. a lot of he follows exactly what happens to him after this movie. Jesus Christ. I don't know what movie I saw. Because yeah. it could be a combination of what you've been watching in the background. Yeah, I maybe. Don't know. Anyway. But yeah, the just the disregard for like an older man and just letting him be was crazy yeah. to me. <laughs> Was that something in the 80s? Like You're a pushy little bastard. I like that. <laughs> and I got I gotta commend Crease on uh, his lack of racial slurs in the scene. I feel <laughs> oh. like it could have been way worse. Oh totally. Especially in the third one too. He's way more racist than that one, man. He's he's throwing some creative fucking terms out there to, about Miyagi <laughs> in that third one. Also, I don't know about you, but I get a little worried about the one black kid that's in Cobra Kai. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, this is some Aryan race I, fucking pro-Nazi type organization. I didn't you, even know there was a black kid in Cobra Kai. I didn't Cobra know they Kai. were allowed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like, I just, I just thought Chris would be like, to, to do what? Clean the mats? Like, why, why do you want to come yeah. here? Because they just seem fucking yeah. mad Nazi-ish. Yeah. I was like, well, I mean, it kind of shows like when he loses at the tournament at the end, they don't even care. They're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, like, I don't think they But I just like whenever that kid has no lines, he's just kind of there in that one scene and I'm like, yeah, yeah this kid, get out of there, kid. <laughs> it's not going to turn out good. 
<laughs> Maybe he's that character like in the boondocks where he thinks he's white. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And then, yeah, so that kind of leads us to the n- next whole chunk, second act of the movie, where it's the training of Daniel. Yes. And now since we've sort of gone through all the characters that are in this movie, are there any fun tidbits between like the relationship between pat and the guy who plays john crease by chance not really and because they only really have this one scene together i mean Mm -hmm. they're both in the tournament but they don't really interact yeah i didn't i didn't get much from that to be honest oh man yeah i thought there would be like some fun story no oh well sorry thought i'd ask (laughs) it's worth it (laughs) (laughs) after this scene we sort of focus in on two things right Mm-hmm. Daniel learning or beginning his lessons with Miyagi on karate in a very untraditional way. Yes. While at the same time, Daniel having sort of like a rom commy really uh, rom commy moment with what's her name? Allie. Allie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not remembering anyone's name. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how. <laughs> These are iconic American characters. <laughs> so, which one do you want to hit first? <laughs> I think we should handle the training because it's probably the... <laughs> the more important part. Or just the most famous part. I think even young generations know the terms wax on, wax off. Is wax on, wax off, does that come to be in two and three? No. Oh, okay. So it was only reintroduced in the fourth movie then with Hilary Swank. Yes. Okay, cool. And the whole joke of that is that she refuses to do it because she's so stubborn. And then he goes, training boys is easier. Yes. Um, oh, you do remember that. I remember it. <laughs> I said I didn't like it. I didn't say I didn't remember it. <laughs> Ouch. Her bangs are iconic. Yeah. No, there's different uh there's different training things he does in all three movies. Cool. But yeah, I love this. It's kind of the we learn when Miyagi Do becomes an actual dojo in Cobra Kai that it becomes kind of the backbone of the training mm-hmm. where you're always doing kind of like everyday tasks, but through the repetition you're you're kind of learning peace balance and then also actually learning the muscle movements to do these moves quickly i that was really smart yeah i love it um the writer was just talking about how like he wanted to just have a unique training sequence he just knew that the movie would kind of get a little dull here if it was like a typical rocky montage of just him getting better over time and the writer because he had this martial arts background he knew he, he knew a lot about karate and stuff so he basically just thought he was like well, what are, what are ways where I could almost like trick the audience and, and make make you maybe question Mr. Miyagi too? Because, yeah. you know, while he's telling Daniel to do all these things, they are chores for his house. Yes. And a lot of times he ends up not even watching him do it. He goes off to like kind of have fun. <laughs> I love when his voice trails off like wax on, yeah. wax on. Also, what I love just about all these training sequences in general and just how cool of a motherfucker Miyagi is, he agrees that to teach Daniel. He actually like, takes this very seriously and knows that it's very important to Daniel and that kind of Daniel's identity is in the in uh, play here you know he's, he takes it very seriously but I love it and I feel like I didn't even notice it too much until this time but it also seems like he doesn't alter his life and what he would have been doing <laughs> in any way because yeah. I feel like if he didn't meet Daniel the next things he would have done were cleaned and waxed his car <laughs> sanded his fence or sanded the floor painted his fence when Daniel's learning balance, he's in the boat fishing because I think he would have just gone fishing. When he's on the beach, then he puts Daniel in the ocean and then he goes and practices his own moves. So I feel like he would have gone and done that anyway. So I feel like Miyagi's so goddamn cool. He's like, yeah, I'll teach you, but I'm not going to not do me. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm just going to figure out a way to fucking 
Damn, should we all be learning from Miyagi, yeah, like how to multitask? It's like work hard, uh, work smart, not hard. You know, like yeah. he's just like, all right. I mean, I'll fucking teach you, but I gotta paint the fence out of this. Like, but even though you can kind of see it coming, like it's not a full, it's not a full blinders over your eyes. Like you kind of understand that Miyagi's teaching him something, yeah. especially the way he's taught to make sure you breathe. And every time Daniel doesn't do it correctly, Miyagi makes sure to to teach him that, like, no, do it exactly the way I'm showing it to you. Yeah, but. Every, I've seen this movie 50, 60, <laughs> 70, 80, 90, 100 times. Oh, man. That payoff of the training. Oh, yeah. God damn, my hair stands on my arm every time I see it. I get goosebumps <laughs> every time. Like, I don't know. what's t- Talk about that scene. Damn, I should have had a camera on you while you were watching that talk, scene. Yeah, what do, what do you think I about that? I thought the payoff was awesome oh. as well. But I think a lot of it just had to do with Miyagi, or Pat's delivery as yeah. Miyagi because the way he's teaching him is that karate is for defense, right? You yes. never use it as the aggressor. You use it to defend yourself exactly. so you don't have to fight or yeah. anything like that. So just the way he's sort of like yelling at him and showing him how much power he's actually gained yeah. from doing these typical activities was just so impactful it was pretty cool yeah and the, even those moments of super serious miyagi and scary miyagi like just show you like what he's capable of yeah but because of the path of his life he's he's got it covered like it's so oh that nonchalantness that he has just also reminds me of iroh i know from uh, yeah, I, was, I was gonna bring it up at some point but it's not a coincidence he's my favorite avatar character yeah. like he is mr miyagi <laughs> exactly like he's he, he's animated Mr. Miyagi. Oh, yeah. He's just always chilling with his tea. Yeah. Like, but, like, when it comes down no, to it. No, he teaches lessons through Pai Cho. Like, he, yeah. he'll he'll talk about brewing a new cup of, a new style of leaf. But really, that leaf represents you. And, like, it's the shit. I was never angry with you. I was sad because I was afraid you lost your way. Mike and Brian who made Avatar knew exactly what they were doing. And they fucking nailed it. And they're brilliant. <laughs> And Netflix, I'm not a fan. No. <laughs> no Mindhunter, no Avatar. Come on, guys. What's up? We're screwing up here. What's up? Explain yourself. I want that house. Oh, okay, the finished house is result amazing. with all the wood and the green house. Yeah. I want that. Painting the it whole thing. It looks fence. so good. And I love all the parallels in season one of Cobra Kai when he's training Robbie. It's all the same yeah. shit. And then remember, he tells Robbie to wax all the cars. Mm-hmm. And Robbie's like, I'm done. And he's like, Yeah, both lots. And then same thing with Woof. both sides of the fence. Yeah. I felt for Daniel. <laughs> that one was here. a double because first he's like, paint this fence. And he's like, did you do the whole fence? And the camera, I love that <laughs> long pan. Like, it just takes its time showing how big the fence is. And then he makes him do both sides. Yeah. But yeah, and he's also like fishing while Daniel's doing that. So, oh, yeah. but then that payoff, you like, you see it click in, in the way Mach- Machio plays it. Yeah. Like, after he blocks all those attacks and he's like, holy fucking shit. Like, <laughs> I've been learning karate. Nice. That's oh, I love that scene. And then yeah, the rom com stuff is great because a lot that also introduces all the kind of like class differences the movie also touches on mm-hmm. because Daniel's just like this poor, you know, <laughs> by certain <laughs> certain class standards ethnic kid, oh, you know, because yeah. he's just like super kind of greaseball Italian. Uh, and he goes to to Ali's house. She lives in this 
basically. It's, I don't know about mansion. Man- yeah, it's a mansion. It's a mansion. Her parents come home and like right away you just feel them <laughs> judging Daniel and the whole situation. His yeah. mom's out in the car. The fact that they didn't introduce, I mean, whatever. What do you mean? It just seemed like they didn't want to associate with him or his mom at all once they saw the car. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, the car breaks down and then they go to golf and stuff, which is just this super fun scene, yeah. which looked like it was just a great time to film. I'm sure the actors had fun. Oh, totally. What breaks the... F- fun of their date is seeing johnny and all the friends and just seeing the fact that they have like their own all their own cars and vehicles and then just seeing like their daniel's mom pick them up is yeah. so lame and, they, and they're like just making fun of him yeah. like right to his face making fun of the mom like no respect for her as, oh. a, as an adult or yeah. anything oh i kind of wanted her to like just, jump out of that car and like naughty rich kid just shitty behavior yeah um and again bring it back to cobra kai i love the flip in that show. I love that Daniel becomes very successful. Yeah. Now he has a lot of money. His kids are rich kids and Johnny is broke as fuck and he's the poor one and yeah. Miguel's the poor kid and when Miguel's dating John, Daniel's daughter, you know, she's it's the same Yeah. It's the same thing except now it's Daniel's family who's acting like Lessons Ali's family. Not you know, like I just oh, guys, take anything out of this. Go watch <laughs> Cobra Kai. And we are not even getting paid for that. Shit! Oh, I would do it for free, Cobra Kai. (laughs) I would do it for free. I am doing it for free. Yeah, I mean, we even did Cobra Kai costumes for Halloween and tweeted it at the creator of Cobra Kai. Got retweeted too, and it got retweeted by him. Only tweet in the history of my Twitter, and I got so many views, (laughs) hundreds of views, because. There's three showrunners. I don't even remember which one did it, but one of the showrunners retweeted. Yeah, Um, you were very proud of that. That was awesome. I mean, it was a great tweet. When he asks her out and he gets her address, uh-huh. I wrote down, what, is this going to map quest it? Yeah. <laughs> How? <laughs> Maybe that was like her assuming he lived in the rich neighborhood so he knew the neighborhood, you uh, know? And then he had to be like, fuck. I, I, I almost would have loved like a map scene just yeah. looking through. <laughs> and then also, yeah, so then that seems to be going really well except for their second date. She says she has to go out to dinner with her parents, but mm. he can meet her there. And then that's when we get one of the most classic Sakami <laughs> situations of all time. This where, is ridiculous. Yeah. I, kn- I have a high tolerance for ridiculousness. No, this is ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, I love this movie and it's ridiculous. So he goes to this fancy dinner party place where I don't even it's know. It's a country club. Yeah, it's a country. Yeah. <laughs> fancy dinner party. <laughs> you can tell I came from money. <laughs> we see everyone's dressed up really nice. It's some kind of event. Johnny's there dressed up nice. And Johnny. His, his, clearly he's been talking to Ali's parents. So he, they, his parents kind of like, oh, Johnny wants to talk to you and kind of like gets them to do a dance to dance. Yeah. And then, of course, right in that moment. Ralph Macchio's in the kitchen kind of spying on them. Johnny sees him and decides to kiss Allie just to basically rub it in his face. Then he turns around and gets spaghetti sauce all over him. And then the doors open and the whole country club looks, points, and laughs. I know. Like, it's so absurd. I don't know what they were going for with this. This is right up there with the Legally Blonde doors opening and everybody being (laughs) like, (gasps) Like, it's just like, guys, you break the whole reality of this. Like, not every, like, dude gets, people would laugh. But not everybody, like especially to a kid. Yeah, every person at that country club is a jerk. I know. I think I just wanted to be like the rich people, like we'll laugh at the poor, you yeah. know. Like, but yeah, that seems always been kind of stupid. I mean, for all they knew, he could have been an employee there. So I know. they're could've laughing at an employee. He could have like, been hurt. Like yeah. you know, what if they were like, guys, guys, he can't get up. Like you know, like I did like that he was wearing all white oh, under yeah, that they red went. jacket. They <laughs> they sauced him up good. Yeah. 
They're um, like, we need to, this to be as visible yeah. as possible. And then Allie also decks uh, the halls. No, Dex Johnny in the face. Yeah. Uh, before, uh, but Daniel doesn't see that. And then that's when Daniel uh, goes to the greatest scene in the entire franchise of Miyagi having a couple of drinks, pouring oh, two glasses, my God. one for him and his wife. This, oh, this got dark. This scene. I read a book about okay, this scene. Confirming f- for triple sure that I did not see this movie because I did not remember that part. What? This, um, this, so well, I knew the the. So, past a little bit but i didn't remember miyagi getting getting drunk and just really this is where you realize that miyagi has gone through some stuff yeah uh there's there's so much to unpack on the scene for starters pat marita got nominated for best supporting actor in the oscars for this movie and it was for this scene because this is top not shit Mm -hmm. studio wanted to cut the scene when they were editing the movie they wanted to cut the scene yeah they thought they thought it was bad for because they were like we're making a kid's movie this is bad for pacing no one's gonna like this like we want we want to get to the fun stuff and then they the director and everyone just fought for it and then of course they were like yeah we're stupid like (laughs) like it's no reason he got nominated for an oscar he wouldn't have got nominated if it wasn't for this scene yeah otherwise he's just like this random one-dimensional character we learned the backstory of miyagi and it's one of the most tragic backstories for a character yeah movie history man wow so like in case you didn't because it It starts out it starts out sort of sweet even though it's sad because it starts out like oh he's celebrating the anniversary yeah like it just seems like you know his wife passed away yes but he's celebrating their anniversary in a sweet way and then you just get dumped and you also just realize like how drunk he is and it it's great to see a character who's been so in control and stoic and have yes. all the answers and life figured out to be vulnerable and like scared and even like the way like you know he gives Daniel a drink like yeah, he's just you like, knew something was like off he's when he not was Miyagi him a drink. like he's not Miyagi the role model in this moment yeah and I even love the way they deliver like the backstory where it's first it's him just kind of talking to himself mm-hmm. kind of saying like you know complications at birth sir and all this stuff yeah. and then Daniel reads the paper but man this backstory like in case you didn't put together like this guy was born in Okinawa mm-hmm. immigrated to America in the goddamn 30s yeah like that's already rough you're a goddamn japanese he's from okinawa but by all accounts by american state he's japanese Mm -hmm. japanese in america you know has this has has a wife and a girlfriend joins the army has a wife and a girlfriend (laughs) sorry (laughs) god damn it has a wife decides to join the army or maybe gets drafted to the army i have no idea they don't tell you yeah for world war ii so he basically comes to a new country becomes a citizen and then goes to war fighting for that country in part fighting against his own people in a sense because we were against japan in the war Mm -hmm. so while he's out there winning medals of honor and being decorated as an american hero basically as an immigrant while in the meantime his wife is in a camp because japanese people were all put in camps during world war ii Mm -hmm. so she's in a work based not a work camp but an internment camp so the very same country that you're fighting for that is awarding you all this stuff is keeping your wife basically imprisoned because of who she like her race and she's pregnant while in there and then the baby has a complication presumably because it wasn't the best place to give birth to is in camping or basically a prisoner right and his only child who he was going to say is the first American-born Miyagi, who he was so proud of, gets killed for the same people he's fighting for who there's telling him he's a hero like if mm. that doesn't break your goddamn spirit I don't like you're the strongest human in the world. Yeah. Because then he still continues to live his life in America and be the guy that we see. Like, 
uh, what a backstory. Like, mm, it's pretty crazy. In one sense, you're you're killing your own people, and and a bunch of people who don't look like you are patting you on the shoulder, telling you you're great and you're a hero, while those same people are the reason why your wife and child are dead, mm-hmm. and you don't have any. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And then you're Miyagi. Yeah. Like you're not angry after that. Like you're you you can you can live your life feeling like you have balance. You know. Right. I mean, he could have easily gone the other way. I think. He just, killed himself. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah. It's it's crazy tough. I, I found it interesting that there wasn't a follow-up scene to this because Daniel is the one that sort of puts him to bed, right? Yeah. Um, after he sort of knocks out. I was expecting sort of a, you know, about last night moment, but it was interesting that that never happened. I kind of like that it goes unspoken because I think this is a turning point for Daniel too where he... It kind of puts his problems in life into perspective. Mm-hmm. Where before this, I, th- I think he gets a lot less selfish after this moment. Mm. I think basically, if I, you hear that, your problems with the bully at school ain't shit. <laughs> like you're just like this whole time I've been so selfish, just thinking like like my life sucks, everything's bad is happening to me. Like this guy went through so much worse than I did, and he's the wisest, most well-adjusted person I've ever met in my life. Like I think it makes it really changes Daniel at that moment, mm-hmm. and I think it's goddamn beautiful that even though Miyagi is drunk, passed out, and really kind of—I don't want to say definitely not humiliated—but he's not like stoic. He's 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 vulnerable in this moment, right? And even though he he can't see or or anything that's going on, Daniel still takes the time to bow to him before he leaves the room. Yeah. Even though knowing that Miyagi's not gonna know he bowed, like you know, it was only that was for sweet. him. I it was like that. I respect like like you are so important to me as a human. Mm. And yeah, it's uh, this whole scene is the, the it's the best me. scene in the movie. It's the best scene in the franchise. Like it's it's the heart of everything. When we celebrate here, <clears throat> anniversary. Who's anniversary? <clears throat> Is this your wife? I don't know you were married. Uh, damn beautiful, don't you think? Yeah, she's pretty. Uh, oh, first time I saw her was Kingfield, Hawaii. Beautiful. Damn good King Karatu. Mm. Where is she now? Drink, drink. <laughs> you remember Huh? Look, look. Hey, hey. First American born Miyagi, waiting to be born. Hey, drink, drink. Uh. <laughs> Sergeant Miyagi? Yes, sir. Sergeant Miyagi report to kill many German, sir. <laughs> hey, Sergeant Miyagi? Yes, sir. Regret to inform wife, son. Complication, but, sir. Complication, but no doctor can. Help! Run the free, almost free. No doctor can. What I learned too, which is really interesting, is Pat Morita's life. It's not exactly that story, but he had kind of 
a fuck he had a very fucked up childhood as well living in uh, so he was born in america but he's you know first generation his parents were immigrants Mm -hmm. so he was born to farmers i forget where i think in north carolina and then when he was two years old he broke his back i don't know how yeah yeah i don't know how i didn't i didn't learn exactly how it happened um and never hear that and then contacted spinal tuberculosis so basically, for the next nine years of his life, he basically lived in an infirmary. Like, he was basically taken away from his parents. Whoa. And just lived in an infirmary and was basically raised there by, like, white doctors and white nurses and all white people. You that's know, like, crazy. That's basically who he spent his childhood around was just in recovery. And it kind of, like, informed him as an American and the kind of person he was. And then as he got older, uh, World War II, when he was, like, a teenager and he got a little better, World War II broke out and he got put in an internment camp. I, this was all from his daughter telling the story that I saw in an interview. This was after he died. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said that for him, it was culture shock because now for the first time in his life, he was surrounded by only Japanese and Asian people. Wow. And he never spent any time around people like that. So now, so he just felt so different out like his whole childhood where, you know, he was, he kind of just felt like a white person because that's how he was raised and like treated because it was all just doctors and they were all just trying to keep him alive basically like he didn't mm. have like a normal upbringing around other kids or even like experience a lot of bigotry and things like that and now he's you know so he just felt wholly american he didn't feel like a japanese american right and now he was being put in a camp because of that and i just think that like it just it, it that's like kind of just informed his life as well and i think he put a lot of into miyagi because he had of course a hard upbringing similar as well wow and kind of just like that whole identity crisis of being in america Mm. and wanting to be american but not being looked at as american and all this stuff and, yeah it's crazy Ooh, that's deep um, yeah and then um but yeah so the next whole chunk is just more kind of awesome training scenes where every every single quote from miyagi is goddamn memorable in my mind i'm not going to just start riffing them all off but anytime he tells daniel a piece of advice it's always perfect mm-hmm. like the whole you know i'm sure that's going to come up in best words yeah walk in and you know, when you walk down the street, left side safe, right side safe, walk in the middle, eventually yeah. squish like a grape. So do you have any standouts from the training scenes? I, I love it because you see Miyagi's sense of humor, like when he knocks Daniel into the water and, <laughs> and all that just fun stuff. We also see him practicing the crane kick, mm-hmm. which was great. That was mad um, epic. Do you remember in the last scene, uh, the fight Johnny does right before he fights Daniel, that guy who's doing those crazy flips and shit. Mm-hmm. That guy's a real martial artist, and he's the one who's doing the crane kick as Miyagi in that scene. Oh. It was, it's really hard to do it on a stump like that, like to land, you know, have that much yeah. balance. So yeah, he's the one doing Whoa, it. Oh, that's crazy. Um, but I love that iconic shot, the sunset shot of the silhouette of Miyagi trying to do it, you know, yeah. doing it on the... Uh, thing yeah no standouts for me really i like the whole sequence yeah he stands um, up to those uh those fucking white dudes drinking beer on the oh, truck when the karate chops the bottle yeah i was like here we go i just like it because it, this isn't a movie about racism at all but i like that that's just peppered in there just to show that miyagi deals with this kind of shit but it doesn't oh, yeah. break him ever like he doesn't he doesn't he still likes people like he's not yeah he's 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 at peace with who he is and he knows that these people have their own problems and mm-hmm. they're on a, their, their faults aren't has nothing to do with me, you know, yeah. like, yeah, so <laughs> it's funny though, because after that crushing of the bottle tops, yeah. you would expect them to just run away. But like the guy's like cleaning it up. Yeah. The <laughs> He's like, all right. Hey, yeah. Then it's Daniel's birthday, which was another super <laughs> important scene. My first note was, where's his mom? <laughs> and then it, it explains it yeah, later, yeah. you know? But dang, this is, again, when I said Mr. Miyagi just never stops giving. I know. A freaking car. 
Well, for, I mean, other than that, Pick- he gives him the fucking the G that with the with the patch that his, that his oh wife my made. God, I feel yeah. like that's more important than the oh, car. Oh, totally. The car's worth money. This is worth. Yeah, it's, it's this his is, connection to his wife. Yeah, I like that he said, you know, if you ever want this back, yeah. I understand. And he he's like, like I, he goes, I know you understand, and that's that's why you, I'm giving it to you. Oh, but. I guess then that is sort of what I was referring to earlier, sort of that acknowledgement that that happened. That there it is, just there. Yeah, because you know he wouldn't have seen that patch and known the significance yeah. behind it without that happening. Exactly. So, and he's cool. Like, Never yeah. mind. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, the, the choose car. Like, I think that's any 16-year-old yeah. kid's dream. Oh, totally. Like, especially he... those beautiful old cars. Oh, like, absolutely. Those are all from, like, the 40s and shit, and they're just... Oh, gorgeous. Yeah, I love the color he picked. I mean, clearly he had to yeah. pick that one because it was in the front and yeah. production. But Ralph Macchio still it. owns that car. The production. No they, way. They let him keep it after the movie. What? And because uh, it's in, uh, it's in Cobra Kai also. But before, even before they filmed, brought it back for Cobra Kai, he's in interviews. He'd be like, "Yeah, I still have it at my house." That is so cool. Yeah. Oh. Uh, most of them got to keep all this stuff. Like Johnny kept the red leather jacket, and nice. like you know, like they like got to just keep the classic shit from the movie. Whoa. Yeah, and I choose. I love. Like, you know, he tells Miyagi you're the best friend I ever had. And all this. It's just a great scene. He talks about the balance. I have one thing that bothered me about this, though, always when watching this movie. What? That always, this whole scenario. So, right before he gets the car, Daniel says, oh, shit, I gotta run. I'm supposed to meet my mom for my birthday. I told her I was gonna go meet her. This is really important. I'm so sorry. And he goes, I understand. Then he gives him the car. And then he's so excited. And then he goes right to Allie. (laughs) And I was just always like, man, you just left your mom. Like, she's probably sitting at a restaurant with this. I probably told the staff to sing for you when you get there and all this shit. And you just dogged your mom like that, LaRusso. That's cold-blooded. Yeah. We got to talk about this kiss between him and Allie. Oh, what is it? That was a crazy (laughs) kiss. What are they, 16, 17? Uh, Well, Macho's 22. I feel like he should have known better. Yeah. He sucks like half the bottom of her face. Oh, my God. (laughs) How old was she in this? Uh, I think like 19. All right. Sure. But, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was I wasn't hilarious. expecting that at all. <laughs> I was not. Or the classic, uh, the gif of uh, Ralph Macho's face when he scores the goal in, in the hockey game. Oh, yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> it's an audio podcast. <laughs> I can't do it. But it's just, oh, it's so funny. But it's so funny because that's the ki- the, that's the kind of kiss that you expect when people are like, show me a Hollywood. Like, when you over-exaggerate yeah. a Hollywood kiss, like, that was this kiss. It was crazy. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I was like, that does not seem com- I don't know. It's oh, not man. seem comfortable at all. Also, this scene when he goes to make up with Allie, it's not my favorite scene. I think it's not written all that great. Mm. Because yeah, yeah, first Allie tells him to go fuck off, and then her friends tell him that, oh, after you left, she punched Johnny. And then he and then he just goes after her and he's like, Come on, forgive me. Come on, come on. And yeah. then she like giggles and then they they hug. And I was just like, You gotta wrote something better than come on, come on. <laughs> like, you know, it's just like It's the charm. It kinda like it was, it's just like that eighties like underwriting the female character. Like they were like, She's the love interest. She doesn't really play that big of a role in the grand scheme of this. Yeah. So uh I just think that could have always been a little bit better. I, uh, yeah, I totally it, agree. it doesn't like ruin it, but it's just like I'm always like, all right. It's... Yeah. And also just knowing that this becomes a series and that Ali isn't like a in the sequels or his wife in the future show it's mm-hmm. also just like this is just just some girl he dates briefly <laughs> like it's not like this like it's not like movies where it's like it's true love forever you know but will she come back for season three of yeah. Cobra Kai oh, do you remember the last the last oh, thing we see in season two yeah she accepts a friend request oh snap <laughs> Um, after this scene though, is this when that song comes on? Because I have in my notes that you did a fun dance. What song? You're the best. 
around. No, that's during the that's from the karate tournament. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Oh, it's somewhere up. <laughs> that's a great song. <laughs> but yeah, and then this leads right into the karate tournament. So again, I said this movie's so predictable, but for the structure of our show, we're just gonna move right here into the spoiler section. Yep. I love a lot about this karate scene. I love a just how big it is and how hyped the whole town is. It really just shows like. For some reason in the 80s, we loved karate as a nation. <laughs> yep. I just feel like nowadays you're not getting that kind of turn out of the karate tournament. Oh, yeah. So I find it so funny how obsessed they are. And also how funny it is that in Cobra Kai, 40 years later, everyone still talks about this day as if it was some grand moment in the history of the town. I think I might have told you about this, but ESPN did a 30 for 30 on this. Yep, yep. And made it seem like a real event. Yeah. I think you need to watch it because it's really fun. Yeah, I've heard of that. That seems hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, we get some funny stuff. I like how we learned that Miyagi... Well, actually, we get a joke earlier when Daniel asked Miyagi, what belt are you? And and he's like, Canvas, JCPenney, 398. Oh, you know? so good. And so he just doesn't believe in belts. That also that came from Pat Johnson, the the choreographer, where he always thought the idea of belts were very silly. That was that was invented in like American karate dojos oh. just because it was like an incentive and something to like, you, know, you take a class and build up towards a belt system. But that was never a thing in like ancient karate. That was pyramid belts. scheme in karate. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> pay this much and you'll get this belt. Um. So yeah. So I like that. Then Miyagi like steals the black belt for for Daniel and everything, and brings Ali like makes her do it. Yeah. Like, all subtly. And then I just like too that like Daniel's so worried about everything and he turns to Miyagi for answers and Miyagi's like I've never done this before. Like, <laughs> you know, and he's like, what are the rules? He's like, I don't know. First time. And like <laughs> Ali's reading the brochure and shit. She's Aww. like. Oh, that's great. She was really fun in the scene, yeah. though. I, yeah, yeah, she was good on it. I like when she, she pretends to be his translator, so she yeah. could come in. That was great. I was like, you're cool, Allie. <laughs> you're pretty cool. And then, yeah, Daniel's mad timid in his first fight. Keeps running out of the ring, but then yeah, he gets that one, one good win, and then that kicks off. Mm-hmm. Joe Esposito's, you're the best. When Daniel gets the black belt, Allie's putting it on, and I was like, how does she know how to put on a belt? But maybe when she was dating Johnny, oh, like, yeah. she learned how, so it totally makes and sense. And also, yeah, it makes sense that she would know the rules a little bit, because she's clearly been to these before with yeah. Johnny. So yeah, and then we just get the montage over this kick-ass Joe Esposito song of just all the... <laughs> it's a pretty standard montage, but it's also great you know because you it cuts from the fights to then the leaderboard and you're seeing the names get moved up which is a great just visual way to kind of keep track of what's going on yeah can we just talk about crease and his stance yeah just the hands on the collars so douchey <laughs> but i love it <laughs> i just can't picture crease in any kind of normal life like imagine yeah. crease like on a date or like Crease, like at Christmas, like like I only can picture him doing karate related things and being intimidating. Like, I cannot. Like what's Crease like depositing a check at the bank? Like does he say how are, how you doing today? Like you know. He doesn't go to the bank. <laughs> Seems like an all cash kind of yeah. guy. We pretty much learned <laughs> from the future of his characters. He's got nothing going on. No. The last Which totally <laughs> makes sense. Oh, if you if you can't beat up kids, that's all he's got. There's nothing left, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And also, who the hell was that Johnny Light guy? He was like Johnny's character, but like the light version. He had blonde hair and a huge attitude. You remember him? No. He's one of the kids that break in or break into the locker room, but sort of confront Daniel. Oh, yeah, in the yeah, room. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, Daniel Light, get out of here. I think it's just, yeah. <laughs> you mean Johnny Light? Oh, d- Johnny Light. <laughs> you know what I meant. <laughs> but yeah, I love that sequence. This sort of all builds up to the final four 
Yeah. You see that Daniel's been doing pretty well. And I actually like it. I like the karate sequences. Like, I, it had me questioning, do I want to watch karate tournaments? You know, <laughs> like, it was just so fun to watch. Yeah. And I feel like their point system's pretty simple. So, like, it goes pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. What is it, like, three or four points? Or Something like that. And also, I can't speak on how realistic it is to actual karate tournaments. Mm. So, when we're at this final four, um, that's where we see Crease. He doesn't say it, but I always kind of read it as him realizing that his team actually might lose here mm. and that's when he tells no the, faith. the other guy who's not johnny who's about to face off daniel to get himself disqualified by doing an illegal move and hurting daniel's <laughs> leg basically taking him out of the game because he he's got no honor he's got no nothing he has no Chris doesn't believe in anything other than being the best and even if you have to cheat to be the best that's fine yeah. by him but it was so sad too because that kid was like i can do it i can beat him. i know and again this is like how i said earlier where i like when you see little bits of humanity in the cobra kai and i this whole scene it's it's almost like them seeing crease for the first time without these blinders on mm. and now you know this wasn't in the movie but we learned in cobra kai that johnny's actually been taking karate with crease since he was like under 10 years old and he has a shitty father figure at home. Right. So it's like he's learned his whole life from Kreese. And he's always thought Kreese was the smart smart guy who has the answers. And like yeah. this is the first time he's 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 hearing like he's like, oh, my God, the guy who's taught me everything doesn't have faith in me. Like he yeah. thinks I'm going to lose. He doesn't care who's the best. He just wants his dojo to be the winner. That's so sad. You know, and like makes you like they're soldiers to his army as opposed to yeah. an actual relationship. Ugh. But yeah, so this guy does the illegal move, takes Daniel out, and immediately even just runs up and starts apologizing to him right yeah, away. Yeah, that was crazy. Where, like, it was just, he did not want to do it. Like, he was just scared of crease and scared to stand up for himself. It was kind of crazy how intense that was, too. Like, I, I, I told you, I told him, I didn't want to do it, I didn't yeah, want to. And yeah. then, like, these people are pulling him yeah, away. Yeah. Oh, man, it's that was intense. That's what Ralph Macho's doing. Like, every time he gets hit in this movie, it's just so, like, ah, ah. Like, everything hurts so bad, so he's just freaking out. Um, and then, yeah, I love this little moment. I like we get one final moment with the mom. It's not huge, but yeah. it would have sucked if she, like, wasn't in the rest of it. Oh, totally. I'm glad she was there, because I, I thought that, you know, the bonsai was the last time we'd see her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, this final scene where I like it where it's like, you know, Miyagi, Miyagi respects Daniel. Yeah. He says, like, you've proven everything you have to prove. You didn't back down to fear. Like, you you went out there. You tried your best. Yeah. Like, you you did it. And then Daniel's like, this isn't balance for me. Like, to mm. them, I'm still going to be a joke. You know, I didn't I didn't restore whatever, you know, like, the, the way. And Miyagi respects it. Yeah. And then so he does his classic. The Miyagi heel. <laughs> I love the Miyagi heel. Remember the remember the fake out in Cobra Kai when R Robbie's leg is hurt and then Daniel's like, "All right, medic." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get it now. That's awesome. Yeah, I knew you didn't see Karate Kid. <laughs> the whole time with Cobra Kai, I'm like, we should watch Karate Kid yeah. first. You're like, I've seen it. It's about the kid who does karate. I love that Miyagi isn't perfect. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have all the answers. It's Daniel-san, it was his desire to keep going. Yeah, and Miyagi respected him. Yeah, because usually in a typical movie, it would be the teacher being like, you can do this, like, yeah. push through. Even in, like, Rocky, like, it's it's his manager, like, Rocky, get up! Get up, Rock! And then, yeah. like, he gets up, you know? Like, yeah. so... I like the I like that they 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 put it on Daniel on this one. Yeah, like he earned the respect of Miyagi, but he didn't have his own respect yet. Mm -hmm. You know, like as far as he's seen it, 
like Cobra Kai's been playing unfair this whole time. Mm-hmm. First, he he had no training and Johnny fucked him up. Then they ganged up on him, you know. Then they uh, with the bikes. Then they ganged up on him and how. So like, and now they're they're they cheated again. So like, he doesn't think this is gonna stop. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just gonna be more of this shit for the rest of his life if he doesn't if he doesn't go out there. Totally. And he goes out there with his hurt leg. Oh, you feel it. Yeah, he's, he's limping on the leg. He's, he's good at hopping. I that love, Ralph Macchio. He, yeah, he's good at hopping. <laughs> and uh, I love Pat Morita's just eye acting here. Once Daniel starts getting into the crane pose, you see something in Miyagi. Because Miyagi does because we see that Daniel's been doing that on his own. Mm-hmm. Where he's been going to the beach without Miyagi and practicing that technique. Yeah. Uh, after Miyagi told him what it was. And then so he's like, oh shit, he's been practicing without me. Like I think he's like, this guy's got it. And then as ridiculous as the crane kick is, it's the silliest move in all of movie history but god damn this moment man wow. bill conti's music the way fucking billy zapka's head just jerks back and his hair fly like, it works man it does although i was expecting a slow-mo shot of this i don't know why yeah but, there probably I mean... should have been but nah, I, th- I think it works it's it just it's oh, i love it. it and it's the dumbest move because it doesn't make any sense earlier when miyagi's like if learn right none can defend and it's like it's the most telegraphed move in fighting history. Like <laughs> the arms up. It, yeah, it's it's this big stance you have to do where it puts you off balance and tells it, you can only do one attack. So I don't know how you couldn't block it. You know, like, <laughs> it but only anyway. puts you off balance yeah. if you have no balance at all. And then they bring this up in Cobra Kai. This has been talked about death on the internet earlier in the movie. They say punches to the face or hits to the face don't count as a point. Daniel even uh, gets Daniel even gets punched in the face when it's two to two and Johnny doesn't win, but for some reason he wins for kicking him in the face here. Damn. It doesn't make any sense. They bring it up in Cobra Kai constantly, where he keeps saying that wasn't you know he's always like that was an illegal move and you know you shouldn't have won and Dang. all this. But that was like criticism later from the internet. I don't think the writers were even thinking about that. Yeah. Um, but later everyone was like Daniel, and then all those YouTubes came up where Daniel's the real bully and all that. So Whoa. the fact that he Daniel quote unquote cheated to win, you know, that's crazy. But anyway, in in this movie alone, that movie so that mo- that part is so triumphant. And then yeah, my only other criticism is just how fucking fast this movie wraps up. It yeah, it was and really fast. All three of them do this. I don't know why. <laughs> Just give me a goddamn wrap-up scene. Like, just give me Daniel and, and Miyagi chatting in the locker room. Give me Daniel and his mom's just anything. I just hate that it's like all three movies, he wins the fight, it cuts to Miyagi, and then fades to black within three seconds. Damn. And you never get, like, a satisfying wrap-up. I want a wrap-up. So that's that's always my bummer where, like, it's just like... And even, like, from the minute it fades, the credits come up so fast, you don't even get a moment to, like, breathe. Aww. It's it's It ends too fast. I, I don't like Look it. Look at you. Yeah. So the beginning of part two was supposed to be the ending of part one, but they decided not to film it and they saved it in case they made a sequel. So we're going to be doing part two on this podcast because I do actually love that movie too. <laughs> uh, part two is fantastic. Wow. So we won't go into it. But yeah, so it wasn't this wasn't the original scripted ending, uh, but the scripted ending becomes the opening to part two. Can we just note the fact that you wanted to pop in more movies after this ended? <laughs> No, I wanted to rewind it. Oh, yeah. That's what I that's said. What I said, let's was. bring that back and watch it once more. Yep. <laughs> it's like a good song, you know? You, you hear a banger and you're like, bring that beat back, man. Just fucking, oh, man. Just fucking rewind the VCR and let's get this going. So should we talk about this movie even more in Best Worst? Let's do it. Really, it should be Best Best. Not best wrong. Best. N- nothing wrong with this movie. So I said Best Worst Side Character. And Ooh. I classified this as not Daniel, Johnny, 
Kreese, Miyagi, or Ali. So I'm trying to pick like characters who have like small roles. Got it. My initial, I did want to say the mom, and I think that is kind of my answer. But since I was saying small characters, I think the mom kind of has a pretty big role. Mm-hmm. Her role is kind of the same as like Ali's size, I think. Yeah. So my runner-up and real answer, I guess, is the old lady with the dog huh. when they first move in. I thought she was great. Oh. <laughs> yeah, funny. she was fun. This place I- is a dump. Go back to Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you think that they're going to know, like, have mutual relations yeah. in Jersey. And she's like, nah, I don't know him. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. She's like, you know, like, yeah, I forget the name. But it was like Frank. He's like, you know, Frank? She's like, Frankie this? He's like, no, Frankie LaRusso. I don't know. <laughs> so she, I, I he's think my favorite side character. I know you said he eventually becomes a jerk and sort of disses or abandons Daniel. But I, I do like that Frankie, whatever. Freddie? Freddie. Freddie Fernandez? Yeah. Fair he's enough. nice. All right. Good first impression. So my worst is Freddie Fernandez. Oh. <laughs> this happens all the time. Oh, uh, Lordy. Yeah, I just thought he was a fucking flake, man. I just thought that guy was... I don't know. He just didn't feel the vibe, I guess. Nah, I don't know. Whatever. Daniel was trying to do something, like, noble and got his ass whooped. And they were just like, what a pussy. You should have mm-hmm. let him fucking, you know, like, I was just like, fuck or, or they were like, this guy gets into a little bit much drama and we're not about that mm-hmm. life. So let's just bounce. I don't think so. No, maybe he just didn't like the drama. No, nah, because they laugh at him right after he gets his ass kicked. They're like, ah, where do you find these kids? And he's like, yeah, I don't know. Let's get out of here. Uh, and the other ones would call him Karate Kid when they make fun of him. They're like, oh, there he is, the karate kid. I think his friends were jerks. I don't know if he well, was a jerk. You show me your friends and I'll tell you. Oh, God. It's so whatever, true. Whatever that phrase is. Uh, show me who your friends are. I'll tell you who you are. Yeah, exactly. Freddie yeah. Fernandez. Get right. out of here. He's the worst. Ugh. Who's your worst side character? Um, what's her name's friends? Allie's oh, friend. Oh, yeah. They suck. They really like yeah. any one of them. I know, yeah. <laughs> Even, like, like Ralph makes that one joke, like, about having a pimple. And, like, it was, like, gross. Yeah. So I was, like, get a fucking sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. I like, don't what... say unseemly things, poor person. Yeah. Like, it's just so, like. They were just annoying. And I was questioning the whole time, how is Allie friends with them? She's living that whole fucking just rich-ass lifestyle. Like, I guess so. They yeah. just didn't seem fun at all. But that's my worst. The director said he loved the pairing of Machio and, and Elizabeth Shue because they just seemed so different. Like it was mm. almost like Shakespearean from like different types of like walks of life. And he and he referred to them as uh, the strawberry shortcake on the cannoli. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. I know we've talked about this already, but just her and Johnny just look so much older than ralph macho yeah and they're like four years younger yeah it's so crazy i think because they're just built more like yeah. they have more meat to them exactly so i thought that was interesting that's great right, you so one? i'll hop in with my one, one. <laughs> um no i have two technically best worst miyagi line oh i tried to do that one but i couldn't find the worst well actually can we generalize it a little bit sure. like best worst line i'll probably still end up being oh. miyagi lines but whatever there are some corny, like, cheesy-ish lines from that Miyagi. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I tried to do Best Worst Miyagi, and I read all of his quotes, and I was like, I like them all. <laughs> I was like, there's not one on here. But actually, I could I could probably think I could probably think of a Best Worst Miyagi, actually. Okay. Did well, you write one? Because you picked it. Yeah, I, I just realized, though, my worst is not a Miyagi oh line. Oh, my God. How <laughs> <laughs> are you so bad at Best Worst? <laughs> I really loved the JCPenney belt joke. Oh, nice. <laughs> 
Three ninety eight. <laughs> yeah, that's a great line. It just was so not what I was expecting Miyagi to say. Like I thought, you know, he would just say something like "no belt." Yeah. But he just like took it so. Yeah, far. that's when he first started getting glimpses of his sense of humor. Like, yeah. I mean, you get a little with the after after, but uh, yeah, that's that's one of the first times that part's great. That was really fun. What about you? So many beautiful words of wisdom that you could <laughs> choose. You know, you, you got your, you know, karate is here and here. But not here. What do you point to the head, heart, and gut, Aww. and all that? And I love the you know do karate, yes, do karate, no, you do karate, maybe. Just like great, that's classic. But I think just for the sheer joy and the, the happiness on their face during the scene, and just how much fun it is to watch, is after he when Daniel's driving away in his new car, and they just keep yelling "Banzai" <laughs> to each other. Nice. I love this was like true friendship, Aww. and I like it too because I have to actually look this up because. I didn't realize because earlier Daniel keeps saying bonsai wrong. He keeps saying bonsai. Yeah. Because it's two different words. And bonsai is like a, a, a cheer of celebration. So like at a party or a cheers, you go bonsai. It means like, yeah, like friendship, you know. That's and then cute. the bonsai is the type of tree. So it's almost like Miyagi's calling back to earlier to be like, now is when we say bonsai. Like before you were saying it wrong, you know. Aww. So I love, so bonsai is one of my favorite words. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. That's <laughs> great. That's cute. My worst, you want me to drive? Hey, it's the 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not a crap. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? Oh my it's the 80s. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, it caught uh, me so off guard, I was not yeah. expecting it. And uh, I gave my best Miyagi line, but best line is probably get get him a body bag. I mean, uh, come on, or sweep the leg. Like, there's too many. Totally. Like, if we go outside of the Miyagi-isms, there's too many classic lines, yeah. you know? The put me in a body bag Put guy. him in a body the, that, that performance is so over the top. He's so crazy. But it's so memorable. Oh, so memorable. I I know we've already pushed Cobra Kai a lot, Cobra but just Kai. the episode. When you meet the guys again? Yeah. Beautiful. I think it might be my favorite episode of the two seasons. Wow, that, was, that one was so good. And I didn't even watch these movies. I know. It's... <laughs> It's oh, so good yeah. to see. Yeah, to see the Cobra Kai gang. You know, forty years later, yeah. was awesome. Especially body bag. Yeah. So worst, I don't know. If I had to stick to Miyagi's, and I don't think it's worse. I don't think it's like badly written, but just because I already said how the crane kick's kind of very silly. With the whole line of you know, if done right, none can defend. Then uh. like, I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe it. So that would be my worst. All right. This one's kind of stupid, and I feel like you're not even gonna be able to recall it enough. But I said best worst karate move done by Daniel. Oh, <laughs> mm, I can tell you a worse right now. And my worst it was it was really just to ra- to find a place to rail on the crane kick, but I already did it enough, so that's why this one's like whatever. So that was my worst was the crane. Yes, was that yours? Yes, but also just any kick he does. I just feel like his form is not great. Yeah, like no, his kicks. his form's not great, but I I like it because like he only had a month and a half to train and he's a wimp. So like it, it was like, he seemed very scared and skittish. So I actually liked his like blocking yeah. style. Like it, it didn't look good or cool. It was just all about getting it done. Like yeah. it, his didn't look like sexy at all. You know, yeah. he always looked scared and like backed into a corner, but it like worked. Cause that's was his technique, you know? Totally. And then I just said my best was cause it was a callback to when Miyagi did it to him. But with that thing where you fall to the ground and then like, take someone's knee out and then karate chop him oh. miyagi does it when he's dancing too much yeah and, and he wants him to fucking stop kidding around and then he does it in the tournament and i was like that's a cool ass move because the other person just thinks you fell and all of a sudden they're on the ground that's cool <laughs> yeah. I, yeah that was a fun move yeah that's a good move 
Um, I'm going to pick the sequence where he actually learns that he's been learning karate yeah, the, the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I thought those were pretty cool because it reflected his not only the techniques he's been learning, but also his reflexes. Yeah. Because there comes a point where Miyagi's not telling him what to do. He just kind of goes at yep, him. Exactly. So I think those were, that would be my best. Awesome. I did have best worst member of Cobra Kai. Alright, so I'll be honest, as much as I love this movie and seen it a million times, I can't differentiate these motherfuckers. Oh, really? Like, because every scene they're always, and this was done by design, but they were never, they never wanted to show them not being, like, Johnny's henchmen. Mm. So they're always in a group of five, and they all have, like, blonde hair, and they all kind of have the same philosophy minus the... And then the one time when the guy's saying don't do it, they're in face paint, so I really don't know who's who. You're right. So I don't even know who the one is who says don't do it. And then I know get him in the body bag guy just because of that one moment. He right. looks so particular. And then there's the black guy. But he's <laughs> not one of the five. Yeah. There's five main guys and everyone else is extras. True. But, you know, I'm, I'm just right. saying well, if you Well, get him in the body the bag is my favorite guy. <laughs> he's the most psychotic. I know. It's always the best. Oh, man. And then, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know who my worst would be. My worst is going to be Johnny Light. Okay. He I'll just take, seemed I'll take like that. a douche. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Light. <laughs> He was a dick. Yeah, but my best, I think, is going to be... I mean, even though in hindsight, he's not really the best because he did it anyway, but the kid who was super apologetic to Daniel yeah. after hitting him and getting disqualified yeah, it will be my best. He was a good guy. Yeah. All right, my last one was best worst outfit. Because oh. it was the 80s and they made some bold choices. That's crazy. Uh, my best, I kind of have a tie. Ooh, tie. Yeah, tie with Johnny's red leather jacket. Nice. Awesome. On him. I wouldn't work on me, but <laughs> on him. I don't want to wear that. I would look ridiculous. But also, <laughs> when Daniel's doing all the cleaning, uh, the wax on, wax off and all that stuff, Yeah. I think it's the second activity when Miyagi comes home and he's in that sweet blue Hawaiian shirt. Oh, I remember Miyagi that. on the town. I was like, yo, you look pretty good on the town, Miyagi. That's pretty, that's pretty, pretty dope duds you got. That's hilarious. So, Miyagi on the town is, is my runner Aww. I think that might be my best too, what? because I was like, "Oh man, he's letting loose, yeah, he's chillaxing." Yeah, he might be on dates out there. Who knows what Miyagi's oh, doing? Get it. And then I got a, I got a worst to the fucking bullet. There was one, Whoa. one standout. The second time Daniel's at school talking to Ali, and he's wearing full blown camo jeans. Oh, I remember that. Jesus Christ, <laughs> those things were the ugliest pants I've ever seen. Those were big. I don't. Know camo pants like that like on a regular day and then he was wearing like an orange shirt on top it was just like it was a lot oh that was the worst outfit i don't i think all white was pretty bold and just a no-go for yeah. me so yeah when for his date where he gets all that pasta on him yeah yeah that'll be my worst so pre-pasta yeah so it's all all daniel's the one who's dressed oh up no <laughs> uh but that's all i got on the best worst you got anymore before we yeah wrap? i'm good cool beyond yeah with a franchise like this, I'd honestly rather just use the segment to talk about the other sequels and stuff. And similar to other movies that have a big legacy and a uh, a big franchise attached to it with lots of follow-ups, I've honestly, I tried to rack my brain. I can't even think of an original take on what to do with a sequel to this that they haven't already done. Between Karate Kid 2 and 3, the next Karate Kid, and Cobra Kai, I feel like they've covered every avenue 
Well, I actually had a question. And I'm not a writer, so that's why I can't think of it. Right. I actually had a question here. In any of those sequels with Daniel, do they ever address the story about what happened to his dad? No. Because I think that could be a potential avenue as well. Because Miyagi does essentially become a sort of father figure, even though they're friends. But he is a father figure. For sure, for sure. So I think it would have been a cool dynamic to sort of revisit that. Yeah, yeah. Of course, cool. if me, uh, the guy, if Pat was still alive. Yeah, yeah. It's also, yeah. So, and it's crazy for how much I'm praising him and saying how he's like the heart of this and the reason this is also great. That's another reason why it's so remarkable that Cobra Kai is as good as it is. Because mm-hmm. you're basically taking the one thing. Like, like even Karate Kid 4, like Machio's out, still got Pat Morita. Like, yeah. he's he's what we're here for. Totally. So to do it without him and to have it be that good is crazy. But, oh, man, it's so sad. All those scenes in the new one when Daniel's reminiscent about him. Oh, yeah. I don't know anything about Star Wars, but you could do, like, a Darth Vader turn where, like, Kreese is his father. That'd be crazy. Uh, I wouldn't like that. <laughs> I wouldn't like that. Oh man! But uh, yeah, so from here we get we get Karate Kid Two, which, like I said, I love. Um, I won't go too much into that, but the reason I like that one because you know I always complain that I hate when sequels just play it safe and do the same story again. Right. That one does not do that, and I think it's because Pat Morita got nominated for an Oscar and everybody loved him so much that the second one is way more about Miyagi than about Daniel's son. Cool. So that's the one. It takes place in Okinawa. You learn about his history there, his his family, his father. And Daniel's there for the ride and gets into trouble and shit. Yeah. But it's focused on Miyagi, and I love that. And then while three is the worst of the th- original three, it's not awful. Like, there are some good stuff in it. And what is cool about it, though, is... Because 2 is such a deviation where it's about Miyagi and about Okinawa and all this other stuff, 3 gets to be kind of a proper sequel to 1. So it takes place right after 1 and you get to see what happens to John Kreese. It takes place at the All-Valley Tournament the next year. So it's a lot more of a cookie cutter by the numbers sequel than 2 was. But there's some fun stuff in there and the villain is the silliest character of all time, (laughs) Terry Silver. You gotta watch it just for Terry Silver. He's so (laughs) over the top and dumb. It's the greatest. And one fan theory for Cobra Kai is that Terry Silver is Miguel's dad. <gasps> no way. Because we we hear Miguel's mom say that, like, we left because we left wherever we, I think Mexico or whatever, because Miguel's father was a very bad man and, you know, things were getting dangerous and we had to escape that life. And Terry Silver's, you know, a criminal empire, head of a criminal empire. I know. <laughs> Hey, I like that. Oh, I like that, Johnny. I'm going to use that. <laughs> because the one beautiful thing of Cobra Kai is they've proven that every sequel is canon. It's not one of those like, oh, we're only copying the first movie. Mm-hmm. So like everything as silly as three is and over the top, everything that happened in that did happen, um, including because that's the one where he joins Daniel joins Cobra Kai. And so in, in the show, remember when he tells his students, I used to be Cobra Kai yeah. uh, because he turns his back on Miyagi in that one and joins Cobra Kai. Whoa. And uh, so that's fucking awesome. Fans have the best theories. Yeah. And like, yeah, Cobra Kai was built out of like fan theories, really. I mean, it's all that Johnny is the hero stuff came first. Yeah. Uh, big notable one is How I Met Your Mother. I told you about that one. Yes. You know, the, the joke on that is that Neil Patrick Harris's character for every movie he watches, the villain is always the hero. So <laughs> it's like, you know, he thinks like Harry Potter is the bad guy and all this stuff. <laughs> and so uh, he he loves the Karate Kid, but he hates Ralph Macchio. He only likes William Zabka. And Love so it. that became, then there was a popular YouTube video that somebody made saying that it was a real villain. So I think that's all where Cobra Kai came out of. 
Barney. It's Ralph. Listen, it's always flat. No! I hate Ralph Macchio. I hate him, hate him, hate him. He is not the Karate Kid. The Karate Kid was William Zabka, star pupil of the Cobra Kai Dojo, whom this monster defeated with a cheap, illegal head kick in the most tragically haunting film ending of all time. Oh, see, I thought you meant fun crazy. Shut it, Ralph Macchio. Why don't you go have a party with Luke Skywalker and Harry Potter and Warhorse and all the other movie bad guys and stop ruining mine! But I also briefly kind of want to just talk about the remake really quick too. The one with Jackie Chan and, and Jaden Smith. Yeah. Because yeah, um, I do like that movie too. I um, liked it as well. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. People got all mad because it's it's not karate and all this stuff, but I think that's kind of what makes it a good remake. It's not karate. No, it's it's kung fu because it's all Chinese. Oh, uh, because Jackie, Jackie Chan, Chan is, is Chinese. Chinese, and so it has nothing to do with Japan or Okinawa or any kind of karate. Oh, people were mad about that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they originally were going to call it the Kung Fu Kid. But then the mar- the studio was like, we're going to oh, make more money if we call it The Karate I Kid. I see. Um, so it was always going to be a remake of The Karate Kid, but through the lens of China and Kung Fu. Interesting. And they were going to call it The Kung Fu Kid, but then the studio was like, it'll just be, trust me, more people will go see it if it's called The Karate Kid. And but I'm, I kind of <laughs> liked it. Um, I mean, I'm already a huge Jackie Chan fan, so that helps. Yes. But I like that they changed it to... Instead of moving from Jersey to California, he moves from America to China. Yeah. Um, I like that they're a little bit younger. And then I just like the the martial arts and it's so different. And that Jaden, was act- Jaden Smith did a pretty good job. I agree. I think he did a good job. But I do remember when I watched it, the one thing that I didn't really like was how young Jaden was. Like, I wish he was like two two years older. Like, he just seemed so small. Yeah. But I don't know. I might have a different feeling rewatching it now. Yeah, maybe. But I don't know. But do you remember? Because the, the bad guy, the, the Johnny in that movie, yeah. has no sympathy moments like this Johnny. Like, he is evil yeah this kid is scary like when he when he's ever whenever he's beating up on dre like it's crazy so it's not it's not amazing i'm not sitting here being like the remake, but like it's a right. pretty good remake and for a franchise i love like i i'm into it like mm-hmm. i i thought they did a pretty cool update on the movie yeah um and i like that they didn't have wax on wax off like they they really had scenes like the first one they had a couple of those moments like you see jackie chan with a fly and then he has chopsticks in one hand but then with his right hand he hits it with a fly swatter and it's <laughs> supposed to be like oh you thought so right so they do that kind of shit but whatever it's not that's not gonna ruin the movie i agree and i love jackie chan too so it was nice to see him in that sort of role you yeah know? and it's kind of one of like the last pretty good movies jackie chan made in my opinion he's I know still I... making movies yeah i said good yeah like, foreigner was okay but it wasn't like Oh, man, it looked good. It has some fun moments, but it's a little it's bloated. Damn. So, yeah, I mean, as a franchise as a whole, I'm pretty into it. There was also a Karate Kid, the animated series in the 80s. Oh, uh, which of course sucked. there was. <laughs> it was about uh, an ancient relic from Okinawa with magical powers gets stol- gets heisted. And so Daniel and Miyagi have to travel around the world and look for the people who are harnessing the magic. <laughs> They love to make animated series out of 
successful sh- franchises in the 80s. Oh, big time. Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Back to the Future. Freaking, uh, well, Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted, yeah. yeah. Well, Back to <laughs> the Future, obsessed. too. They did that. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, they did in the 90s, too. There was a fucking Ace Ventura cartoon, and Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> the cartoon, and the Mask, the cartoon. Oh, my. Like, they were, they were rocking it back then. <laughs> yeah, the Cardi Kid cartoon sucks, but it's out there. <laughs> Hillary Swank, though. Yep, there's Pretty that good. one. You know what? I think that one for me ended up being very scary because it was her versus all these dudes. It's not like she was facing like bully gals. Yeah, there's a lot of rape implications in Karate Exactly. Kid so I remember it being like good, but like scary. I think that's what sort of drew me in as yeah. well. Because, you know, as a kid, you're like, yeah. if it scares you a little that's, bit, you're going to That's like, a movie. If we ever watch that again for any reason, that's one where it's so funny how old everyone is. Like, yeah. those high schoolers are like, 38 oh, years absolutely. old in that one. But I, I just remember the overall lack of fighting always just disappointed me as a kid on that one. Mm. There's like, the training is not a lot of training. It's like, they shoot like Nerf balls at monks and shit. Like, it's just not a lot. Of, it's it's a lot sillier. The last fight is like so quick that it just, I remember like there was, and our, there might be the Miyagi scene. For my memory, there isn't, but you claim there is. So we're going to look it up. Yeah. I might be wrong. Huh. So yeah, it's, unfortunately, that's probably for me the lowest point in the series is that because Damn. I love to, I think three is bad, but funny and worth watching. Four, I find a little boring. And then I think the remake is good. And Cobra Kai is the best follow-up and possibly (laughs) better than this movie. And might be the best long-term follow-up of anything I've ever seen. Except maybe Mad Max. Because Mad Max was like a 20-year wait and it was great. Mm -hmm. But even that was like a movie. Like this, we've had two great seasons already. And yes, we could have bad seasons in the future. But like right now, to, to make two great seasons out of this. Right. And what's fucking good about Cobra Kai is... They add it's so well written, it makes this movie better. Mm-hmm. Which I usually usually never happens. Usually sequels kind of ruin stuff. And even Karate Kid 2, you find out that Miyagi had this woman that he loved that he had to leave behind in Japan when he moved to America. And I while it's good in the movie, it always kind of taints the first story's wife story for yeah. me. Because I was like, Oh, there was someone he loved more than his wife who died. I don't know if I want to hear that. <laughs> like that was his that was his wife. Like you know what I mean? Like so so sometimes sequels kind of take shit away from the originals, even if you don't because you have to. You gotta make it bigger. Right. But Cobra Kai is nothing but ad. You you watch Cobra Kai, because I I rewatched Karate Kid last year after finishing Cobra Kai season one. Yeah. I went back and watched the first movie again. And I was like, dude, this movie's better because of this show. Mm. There's more subtext added, which never happens. Cobra Kai is like the definition of yes and. Yeah. (laughs) It's so fucking good. Oh, man. And it's funny. Like, the fact that it's funny is crazy, too. Like, like legitimately funny. Uh, Zepka or whatever. Zapka. Zapka? Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm to Zapka like Daniel is to Bonsai. <laughs> I to, just and, can't and, say and it. And to Miyagi. Yeah. <laughs> but he just brings it. The So good. Uh what does he say? Badass. badass. Yeah. <laughs> Did he, he there was no not one badass in this movie. No, that was that was fabricated <laughs> for this and he's not in two or three, so like the, the next time we see him is Cobra Kai. Oh. Oh, he's in the beginning of two, but again, that was supposed to be the end of one. So. Oh, my God. And it's just, you know, he's, where has he been the past, like, 20 years? In like- a cave, because he never heard of the <laughs> internet. He never heard of nothing. Send it to the internet. I love that line. <laughs> I don't know how they were able to do this in Cobra Kai, but it has the same feel as Karate Kid. I know. I know. I just feel like it, they could have gone, like, the more glossier route, and it just feels like Yeah, it could have been the craft, too, you know? Yeah. Like- 
I don't know how they were able to do that. I, I think a lot of it boils down to, like, I've listened to interviews with the showrunners, like, these guys love Karate Kid. <laughs> like, nobody asked them to make this. They thought of it, pitched it. So I think that's a big deal, too. I think it's mm. very different when a studio says, what properties can I reboot versus, hey, I have a story I want to tell in right. this, you know? If someone goes, fuck, we need a new Men in Black, you guys write it. That's right. how you get Men in Black International. Yeah. You know, but it, what if there was a writer who was 10 in 1996, saw Men in Black, it's their favorite movie ever, now they're 30, and they want to write the ultimate Men in Black love letter. Right. It happened with Muppets. That's how Jason Siegel wrote a great Muppets movie. He's like, I love nothing more than the Muppets, and I'm not saying that ironically. Mm. I would like to write a reboot. And he fucking crushed it because he loves nothing more than the Muppets. Love it. Yeah. That is awesome. You could argue. I mean, I don't even know if you have to argue, but Cobra Kai has way more fighting than I feel like all these Tons Karate more. Kids yeah. movies. But even though the fighting sequences, even though they're so intricate and like a lot, like it's you feel the pain still in yeah. these karate sequences. And it's just, but it still feels like karate. Kid. It's, yeah. I don't know. I'm blown away. No, it's, it's so it good. It carries on the legacy. It's like the fact that like, we don't have like, John Avildsen's not around anymore. Maybe the writer's still around, but like Miyagi's not, Pemory is not around. Like some people are gone, but the, the legacy is still holding on so good. Yeah. And we're not, it's not, you know, it's not like Jurassic park where we're just cat making these movies where they're just not good anymore. And we're like, yeah. what are we doing? Cobra Kai, baby. Yeah. And again, we're talking a lot of shit before season three, but that's how much faith I have that it's going to be good. I Yeah, as I, long as Netflix doesn't scare the creators away. Well, th <laughs> well, they made they made this before it oh, was canceled. Yes. They made This has been done for over a year. Right, that's true. It was so, going to be good. released, and then YouTube was like, we're canceling you, but if you sell it, we'll let you, re -air, we'll let you air this third season somewhere else. Right. And then so Netflix, in a smart move, decided not to air it immediately. Yeah. They got the rights, and then they put the first two seasons out, which was smart because... I've been watching the show for two years, but when it dropped on Netflix, everybody was acting like it was a new show. They were like, <laughs> have you guys seen this? Cobra Kai, it's on Netflix. It's this cool new show. And I'd be like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was paying $10 a month to YouTube to watch this show, but I feel you. I feel you. A little late to the party, yeah, but... Yeah, yeah. Hey. <laughs> but then I realized life needed balance. So I, I just let it And, sorry. I felt the Talk same way. Talk me a lot about Cobra Kai right now. It's the best. But what I love about it is it's revisiting lessons learned in quotes in the previous movies but i just feel like it reflects life like you keep re-encountering lessons that you might have learned or encountered earlier in life but you're seeing them through different eyes because you've had new experiences right and you might be on the other side of that lesson yep and it's how you react to those scenarios that makes an interesting story or an interesting life story. So just the fact that they turn the tables on these characters, just, yes, the simple, like, changing the dynamic of Johnny and Daniel is good enough, but, like, they even go even further. Yeah. But back to Karate Kid. <laughs> <laughs> so much. Or, I'm sorry, The Karate Kid. Yes. I've learned. The reason I chose The Karate Kid... <laughs> For you to watch because mm. um, I thought there'd be tons of stuff in here that would make you love it. I think the overall theme and messaging behind Miyagi, Miyagi-Do and the things Daniel learns would just line up with a lot of your values. I think you would just really appreciate the kind of things this movie is kind of preaching. It's not a complicated movie. I definitely consider this kind of like a teen, like a young teen movie. It's definitely not like a full-blown. It's more of a kid's movie than not. Yeah. But it doesn't mean it can't be enjoyed by everybody. So I think, you know, the the family aspects of it, um, the fact that I've gotten you to fully love Cobra Kai 
I just thought it would be really hard not to enjoy watching this just for the sake of the way you put it is seeing the young versions of Cobra Kai characters. <laughs> so I, I think it's great. And it just, it's it's got so much heart. Like there's not, again, it's not an overly complicated script. It's not a technically amazing film. Some of the acting even can be a little bit cheesy from time to time, but the effort is just seems pure to me. The story is like simple, but one that is never hurts being told. And then, and it's just grounded by good performances, great music, and like I said, just the good values of it all. And then at the very least, you know, if you didn't like this movie, I think it would at least make you appreciate Cobra Kai some more. So at least I won in that regard. <laughs> um, won. Yeah. I knew this was a competition. It's not a competition. <laughs> so, Masha, I have to ask, does fear exist in your dojo? I mean, do you love what I love? I love it. All right, Andy, you bring up some, you know, very good points. I do really appreciate the values that Karate Kid presents. And I think that the values really shine through in Cobra Kai, which is why I think I like that so much. Uh And the fact that, you know, you get someone like me who's never really watched all of the Karate Kid movies to still be able to enjoy it. I think that says a lot about the values that were presented in this franchise, as well as, you know, giving the credit to the creators of Cobra Kai. Yeah, I mean, the characters, like the roots of the characters are there. Yeah, exactly. I did appreciate seeing the young versions of all the characters. (laughs) And I I, I did really enjoy the story and just watching... Daniel and Miyagi meet for the first time and just their relationship and the beginning of that. I think that for you watching it, you know, sort of being introduced to it from your brothers and then growing up to sort of be able to relate to Daniel-san as, you know, a preteen and then a teenager. I think that's an added layer of love that I might not be able to tap into Mm -hmm. watching it as an adult. So I just feel like your passion and love for the karate kid is like something that I can't really reach (laughs) (laughs) at any point. But I mean, with that said, I think where I'm going to land is that I really, really enjoyed watching the karate kid and the origin stories of all of this. And you already know this, that I really do love, love, love Cobra Kai. But I think that at the end of the day, I just really, really liked karate kid. Like I enjoyed it a lot. Fair enough. Um, But I don't think I love it. I don't know if that makes sense if you're going to argue with me no, on no, that. It's like, I, I just, I really, I really liked it. But in terms of, you know, like. No, because you have to also, you have to boil it down that if nothing else existed except this movie, would you have the same reverence for it? And I don't think you would because a lot of it comes from Cobra Kai. Exactly. It, that's exactly it. Yeah. Wow. I could have just said it in one <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. It's funny that. I love the sort of continuation of the show way more than I love the origins. Yeah. Even though like Cobra Kai wouldn't exist without Karate Kid. <laughs> but it doesn't make sense, but I love it. You know, nice. like I love Cobra Kai. Um, I love seeing Body Bag Kid. I love Johnny's hair. <laughs> yeah. Everything just, it's it's so backwards, but hey, that's my answer. Hey, fair enough. <laughs> and if anything, I really do appreciate hearing how much you love karate kid and its influence on you and most importantly 
Miyagi's influence on you. Like, I love hearing about the characters in your life growing up that influenced how you <laughs> think about things and, you know, the lessons that you've learned from them because it really goes to show how much characters and the writing of those characters can influence a generation. Seriously. And, you know, I said it up top too, where this is one of those movies where you're not going to find me getting into heated debates about why it's great. If someone hates it, I'm not going to be like, dude, what are you, are you crazy? <laughs> Let me explain to you. A lot of this is like feelings for me. It's it's nostalgia. It's the way the music makes me feel and this and that. And it's less kind of just technical, like brick by brick greatness. Yeah. So I'm not going to go to bat. Like so, sometimes there's certain movies where someone's like, this shit sucked. And I'm like, dude, let me like just tell you a little bit about it. And let me think, let me know if you still think it sucks. <laughs> I think it's impossible that you think X sucks, you know. But like I could I could see somebody just being like, if I find it boring. And especially young kids, like I don't I don't think... I think Cobra Kai helps a lot, but I don't think a lot of young kids are watching this the way they were in the 80s. Mm. I think it's probably slower than a lot of things they would expect to watch. Yeah. And, I, you know, like, I grew up on Power Rangers. Like, there's a fight every three seconds. So, for me, that's why, like I said, as a young kid, Karate Kid was actually boring to me. Yeah. But to me, it's one of the most watchable movies. Like, I just can watch it, watch it, watch it all the time. Like, yeah. And it's never going to oh, not I, be that. <laughs> I know you can watch it all the time. Yeah. So <laughs> I love it. I love that it's still going on. I love that there's a great continuation out there. And you know what's crazy is Pat Morita was 52 playing Miyagi. Daniel is 57 in Cobra Kai. Wow. And like they definitely, I think they play Miyagi older than he's, I think he's supposed to be older than 50. Yeah. Um, I think like the, the way he's dressed and act, I think he's supposed to be older than that. But still like. Just from the way that the actors look, like that's so nuts that, that, that he's older now in Cobra Kai season one than he was in that. I think we're extremely blessed as a people that these people are still alive yeah. to be able to do that show. Seriously. And, you know, look like themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right, folks, that is our show. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. Also, if you have the time, take a moment to rate and review. Every bit of feedback helps. I'm Moshe. And I'm Andy, and I hope you love what I love. Cobra cut, cobra cut, cut now. <laughs> Gotta do it. <laughs> <laughs>